This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Tuesday. It is March 22nd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, two Pennsylvania state troopers and a pedestrian were killed in a crash early Monday morning on Interstate 95 in South Philadelphia. The state troopers are identified as 33-year-old Martin F. Mack III and 29-year-old Brandon T. Siska. Trooper Mack was on the force since November of 2014 and Trooper Siska since February of 2021. The identity of the pedestrian has not been released at the time. Uh, at this time, a state police are still trying to attempt to contact the next of kin. It happened shortly before 1 a.m. on 95 southbound near the stadium complex just north of Broad Street. According to state police, the troopers were responding to reports of a man walking along 95 southbound. Authorities say as the troopers were helping the man into the back of their cruiser, a female driver attempted to drive past the scene at a high rate of speed. State police say she fatally struck the two troopers and the male pedestrian as well as the cruiser. According to police, the impact was so great it threw the troopers into the northbound lanes of 95. The driver of the striking vehicle remained on the scene. State police say they are conducting an investigation that is DUI related. No charges have been filed at this time. State police dis- dispatch tried to contact the two state troopers, but when they did not get a response, they sent backup. When backup arrived, police spotted witnesses attempting CPR on Mac and Siska. The troopers, however, were pronounced dead at the scene. The Pennsylvania State Troopers Association uh, said both troopers were organ donors and have donated their organs to the Gift of Life program. Governor Tom Wolf ordered the Pennsylvania flag on all state facilities, public buildings and grounds, fly at half-staff to honor the troopers. A teenager who police say fired into an occupied car near Temple University is believed to be responsible for other shootings in the city. On March 18th, police say two females, uh, sorry, two males, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old accomplice, approached 14 girls who were in a car at Broad and Cecil B. Moore at about 8.30 in the evening. Police say the teen girls then pepper-sprayed the suspects, and that's when the 15-year-old suspect shot two of the girls. The males ran, and one of the males fired eight shots at the car. Six of the shots hit the passenger side of the car, said Philadelphia Police Captain John Walker. Both victims were transported to an area hospital where they were placed in stable condition. Uh, Philadelphia Police caught up with both suspects near 19th and Montgomery the same night after the 14-year-old allegedly tried to ditch the gun at his grandmother's house. Police recovered it and say the bullets matched the ones found at the shooting scene near Temple. Police now believe the attempted murder suspect is linked to a shooting on March 5th. In that case, a 14-year-old victim was shot at Broad and Cecil B. Moore Avenue, and police say the 15-year-old suspect is linked to a March 15th shooting on the 1500 block of North Gratz Street. In that shooting, police say the teen fired multiple shots into the home of another teen whose mother did not want her son hanging out with the suspect. The 15-year-old was charged with four counts of attempted murder and remains in custody on $2 million bail. The 14-year-old male faces weapon charges and was released to his parents. You have multiple, in these are yeah. multiple incidents. Yes. 14, 15, 15 years 14 old. Years yeah, old. 15. That's, I mean, that's crazy. Skip is off popping off rounds like yeah. her candy, throwing them around. Awful. It's not an airsoft gun. They're yeah. real. Yep. After more than two years of construction, the Chestnut Street Bridge over the Schuylkill Expressway reopened to traffic over the weekend. The 65-year-old bridge had been closed to vehicles since August of 2019, so PennDOT could repair and repaint its steel superstructure and replace the deck. Uh, there are also some upgrades, including wider sidewalks and a dedicated bicycle lane that extends along Chestnut Street along 
along thir- uh, between 34th and 22nd Street. At the time it was closed, about 18,700 cars a day crossed the bridge, which was built in 1957. There are some minor improvements that remain unfinished, so the bridge's sidewalks and the bicycle lanes uh, may be impacted by short-term closures over the next few months. Casey, you're a, you're a street rider. Would yeah. you ever ride around Center City, Philadelphia on your bike? You feel yeah, comfortable and I, and doing I, and that? I, uh, yeah, and I have on, on a very limited occasions. I mean, but, not um, when it's closed for specific not, bike that, rides That's or not what I'm like talking that. about. No, I've, I've ridden on the streets of Philadelphia. There are streets that are safer than others. I see other people riding on streets, and I'm like, why are you on the street right now? <laughs> right. You know, there are other places. You know, they have bike lanes. And, right, and, yeah. and definitely some, some safer places for you to I ride. I mean, I see the bike lanes, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> it's all I up for grabs. I see how people drive in yeah. Center City, Philly. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable, but, but uh, you know, there's plenty of people that do. I will drive in the bike lanes. I consider myself two bikes side by side. Right, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there point. is, listen, there is a, and there always should be, a nice, healthy relationship yeah. between riders and drivers, as well as drivers and pedestrians, and riders and pedestrians. Like, we all need to, like, work together, you know? I, know. So, I agree. Yeah. And I work agree. with the ATVs, too, and all the other vehicles. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Don't no. bring that oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've seen that, actually, with, with right, my own right, two yeah. eyes. It's pretty wild stuff. And, like, you know, one of those dudes is going to get run over, and then who's sure. that going to be? Yeah. yeah. The work was part of a $105.1 million project that began in August of 2017 that included repairs to eight other nearby structures on both sides of the river, according to PennDOT. The stone arches on the bridge that carries traffic over the railroad and over 24th Street on the east side of the Schuylkill are still being rehabilitated. So 24th Street will remain closed to Chestnut Street uh, at Chestnut Street until work is completed in early summer. But that Chestnut Street bridge, the bike lanes, uh, the wider uh, lanes are, are all open. So you can uh, travel over it now. Press last year, I had a guy yelling at me because I I, uh, I went through a stop sign. He was in a car, and he was literally driving on the wrong side of the road. And I was like, <laughs> "Why are you, you're on the wrong side of the road, and you're yelling at me for rolling through a stop sign on a bike?" I, you know, it's so you're funny. going the wrong way. Oh, it's it's funny the uh, the contention between drivers and oh, riders. Sure, yeah. yeah. In sports this morning. <laughs> Last night in South Philly, the Sixers beat the Miami Heat 113-106. The team was without Joel Embiid and James Harden, but Tyrese Maxey scored 13 of his game-high 28 points in the fourth quarter. Shake Milton scored 20 points, and Furkan Korkmaz added 18 for the Sixers, who pulled within two and a half games of the Heat for first place in the conference. Embiid sat out with back soreness and Harden with left hamstring tightness. The Sixers are on the road tomorrow night with a game in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Tip-off is at 10 o'clock. At yesterday's NHL trade deadline, the Flyers made a few moves. They acquired a third-round pick in the 2023 draft for the New York from the New York Rangers in exchange for defenseman Justin Braun, who leaves the team after three seasons with the club. The Flyers also acquired a fourth-round pick in the 2023 draft from the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for forward Derek Brashard, who leaves after part of one season. Tonight, the Flyers open up a five-game road trip with a game in Detroit against the Red Wings. The puck will drop at 7.30. And in spring training, the Phillies lost to the Yankees 5-2 yesterday in Florida. 
The team officially introduced Kyle Schwarber after he signed a four-year, $79 million contract last week. An hour after signing, his wife Paige went into labor and on Wednesday gave birth to their son, Kate. At his introductory press conference yesterday, Schwarber said, this is possibly the best day of my life. Schwarber made the postseason six times in his seven-year career and helped the Cubs win the World Series in 2016. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you, Kathy. Here we go. Uh, Together once again, we got a lot of stuff happening on this Tuesday morning. Several people will join us on the program. We're going to have actor Jim Pittick on. Uh, He's got a book called Caught With My Pants Down and Other Tales from Life in Hollywood. Uh, He is part of that Christopher Guest crew. He's been in several of his movies, including... Uh, Best in Show and A Mighty Wind, and uh, but he's also been a, a long time uh, actor in various things, West End and London, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you look at his IMDb; it goes on for pages. Tons of stuff. Yep, and you you recognize him? Oh, if yeah. you see him. He's one of those guys. He even clearly writes in his book, like, "Look, nobody can pick me out of a crowd." Uh, if you showed him a picture of me in the movies I've been in, they might go, "Oh yeah, that guy." You Lethal know? Weapon Two, but your blick. That's him. That's him. That's him. Oh my god! But but your blick. Uh, so Jim's going to be on in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, then we're going to have Mr. Jeff Foxworthy on. Jeff is great, man. One of the best clean comics ever. Yes. Uh, and he is got a new, he's got a new comedy special that he's promoting and it's called the good old days and it's on uh, Netflix today. So we'll talk to Jeff and another great comedian, Mr. Lewis. Black. He is not a clean comedian. No, he's not. Uh, he's hilarious, and yeah. he's going to be at the Miriam Theater on Saturday night at 8 o'clock. So we'll talk to all of these very cool, funny people throughout the course of the morning. Uh, day number two of MM Arch Madness happens today as well. Uh, did you guys take a look at some of the breakdowns? I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Steve, we got a couple of horses in the race. I think, yes. Uh, Shine Down beat Dirty Honey. That was a good bet. Uh, so we're good to go. Uh, bon Jovi beat our Motley crew yesterday, just barely. Uh, Metallica beat out Bush. That's no brainer. Pink Floyd over Jimi Hendrix. Kind of saw that one coming yeah, as well. Yeah. Hailstorm. Steve took out our Black Keys. It was kind of a long shot with those guys, but we did have a victory as Guns N' Roses beat U2 yesterday. That's very interesting. And uh, a pretty cool matchup we were talking about yesterday was Collective Soul against Alice in Chains and. Collective Soul pulled through and beat Allison Chains. And the last matchup we'll mention that took place yesterday, Sabbath and Ozzy beat out Bruce Springsteen. We called that. To move forward. Yeah. So we'll kick off the next one at noon today, Steve. We have our killers up against uh, Jackie and Bam Bam. Or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Brent and Jackie's Corn. Uh, might be a tough one. Yeah. So that gets started at noon today with Pierre Robert. I'm sure he's going to love rolling out a block of corn for you to listen to during his show. Uh, so the matchups and everything available at uh, WMMR.com. And uh, we're excited that this is fully underway. Now. I love it. Yep. I'm a sucker for it. We all are. We just get into it. We'll see who goes the distance, but we're going to need your votes, okay? All right, let's take a break. Come back in a second. I've got a stack, a stack. Stack of entertainment stories to pass along with to you, as well as a stupid question with some stuff for you to win. Stay there, because we'll be back in a moment. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant 
Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All righty, let's give something away. We have a stupid question, and we have a $150 photo show gift card. If you can tell me, and this is a great one, it's easy to, what was the name of the exercise product famously pitched by Suzanne Summers in infomercials? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Okay, the name of the exercise product famously pitched by Suzanne Summers in infomercials. 215-263-WMMR. Call now. Today is Tuesday, March 22nd. Reese Witherspoon celebrates a birthday. She is uh, turning 46 years old. Doing the morning show now. Uh, that is correct. Yeah. It's a good show. I watched... Um, I, I, you know what? I, I was having an audio issue with uh, with the show uh, on for some reason on my system. Yeah, that happens And, and I kind of backed yeah. off of it for a little bit. Where it, it doesn't was, sync up? Well, no, it was just quiet. Uh, so I think I got it worked out. Why, you're having an issue too? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> sometimes. And I think it was always with Apple Plus. Yes, um, and that's what this is on. Yeah. yeah. Maybe try moving? Audio things. <laughs> no, maybe no. we'll try moving. Yeah, if you try but anyhow. Moving in, into another house. What I saw in the morning show, I really liked, and I want to watch more of it, so I should go back and see if I, I'm still having that I issue I watched the first two seasons. I really liked it, and I started watching the third one, um, but I kind of trailed off, and okay. I don't know why, because I really liked it. I have to go back and Consistency is an issue. Yeah, to, you know, to keep you committed, the show is good, though, but uh, sometimes Wait. the first time you see something that's, you know, not quite right, you tap out. I don't, I don't think, think you started watching the third, third season, season, Kathy, because there isn't a third season. Oh, yeah. was it just two? Yeah. Okay, so then I watched the first one and then second one. I, I think you were watching off. Friends. Uh, <laughs> so the great Reese Witherspoon is 46 today. The great William Shatner. Oh, my God. He is 91 years old today. He's legitimately been into space at this point. Yep, and he deserves it. it. Yep. yep. Yep, right on the edge of space, and I uh, got to experience weightlessness with uh, Bezos and company. Right, right. He beat, it, the great thing is he beat Pete Davidson into space. Yes, there you go. Was, let's keep that in <laughs> mind. That was the big question. Who would make it into space first? Yep. Uh, so William Shatter turns at 91 today. Uh, Bob Costas also has a birthday, and it's a big one for him. He is 70 years old. So he's still, he's the most famous um, graduate of my high school. So, um, and, and so, and honestly, if he... Once he kicks, I hope I'll be the uh, the most. You'll be the one that follows up, <laughs> yeah, to, to carry it's that. It's a big drop in quality. Anybody know the name of Steve's high school? No, you. It's Comac. Yep. Wow. Well done, Casey. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bob Cost is seventy. Andrew Lloyd Webber, the famous composer, fan of the opera. This oh, one was his. I'm a sucker for this show. Uh, Cats, Evita, Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> uh, so he turns 74 years old today. Uh, Matthew Modine. Hey. He's great. Made a great comeback in Stranger Things. Yeah. Uh, he is, uh, that's him, screaming in full metal jacket. One more time, if you don't mind. And if anyone were to do a uh, Bill Weston stage show, it oh. would be Matthew Modine. Yes, it would. Yeah, at this point in time, he looks like Bill Weston. There was a photo of him on social media, and yeah. he looked just like Matthew Modine. Can I uh, back up just a moment to uh, Bob Costas? Nick yeah. pulled up uh, the Comac High School uh, web uh, yep. Wikipedia, and under notable alumni, am I there? Steve Morris. Oh my God! 
Steve Morrison, co-host of the Preston and Steve radio show. <laughs> I was nothing when I was there. They also need to put in their Radio Hall of Fame. Oh, uh, yeah. Bob uh, Costas is in the Hall of Fame? No, you Oh, that's be. right. Bob Costas, I would imagine, is in the yeah, Hall of yeah, Fame. Yeah. He's got to be. Now... Will somebody please put that on the Parkway Central High School? <laughs> Are you not on yours? I'm not on there. What in the f? And I don't, I don't have Wikipedia. I haven't signed up to be a, you know, contributor well, and you to should that. Should be too, because that's the thing is that Preston and Steve is on Wikipedia, so mm-hmm. they, you know what I mean. That can easily go on whatever uh, page it needs to. So quick. So who's the most? Uh, who do they list as the most notable of your high school? <laughs> Well, are you what? looking at mine? Yeah. What is it? Michael Avenatti. <laughs> oh. Attorney and no. convicted felon. Yes. No, oh, that will not stand. <laughs> Michael Avenatti will not be the most famous person. Here's yeah. the deal, dude. When I was a senior, uh, he was a sophomore. Are you kidding? Yeah, you graduated in 89. I graduated wow. in 86. Yeah, isn't that funny? So yeah. I probably knew felon. that guy. You're you not prob- a felon. Uh, yeah, and I'm not a felon. No. Uh, you did, uh, uh, Max Scherzer went to your high school. That's really cool. He's a Cy Young Award winner, baseball player. So that, that's pretty good. Uh, Cy Young Kong Kong. Yeah, Cy Young Kong You do need to be on there, Press. Uh, yeah, wait. Hold on. Uh, Trista Wren. Oh, yeah. From The Bachelorette. All right. She one of the only success stories out of The Bachelorette. Yeah. Robin Lynn Macy, who was one of the original Dixie Chicks, went to my high school. Who's Joel Higgins? Uh, I don't is- know. Oh, it's uh, from uh, Silver Spoons, the dad. Yes. Oh, I didn't know he went there. Yeah, he went to your high school. Oh, wait, and there was one more that I I, I know of for sure. Hang on a second here. Um, I, it was the he on the show The Doctors. He he was the the the, the TV uh, the the, the, that reality show. Oh, oh uh, um, you know what I'm talking about Stork. Uh, was that his last name? Right. Uh, he's not on here he's either. Not on there. Everyone thought the Stork was brain dead. Right. Right. <laughs> Damn it. One of the Dixie chicks went to high school. Yeah, that's what it says. You've, you've got a nice array, but you you need. I need to be on there. That is a especially especially since Dave Silvestri on here. Okay, yeah. so Dave, class of '85, former LB, uh, MLB uh, Major League Baseball player, played for the Yankees, the uh, 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 the the Tampa Bay Rays, the Anaheim Angels. He sat in front of me in psychology class. Oh, really? He was an a hole. Oh, oh, was yeah? he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Then have him. Yeah. He was, yeah, I could go on about Sylvester, but anyhow. Was he a bully? N- almost. Yeah. Kind of. Oh, yeah. No, he's got a bully nose. Yeah, he has yeah, a bully, bully, big, oh, wide my... bully nose. Yep. But uh, nonetheless, let's stop talking about my high school. And look, now, look how he spells his name, USA. <laughs> no, that was... Oh, so let me let me move on with some other some other birthdays. So yeah, somebody include me on the Parkway Central High School uh, Wikipedia page. Uh, actor M. Emmett Walsh, great. Uh, he has been in oh, yeah. so many things. Casey and Back to School. He's the dive coach. I love him. Uh, is he, he's still alive, uh, dude. He is in the Righteous Gemstones. Yes, he's the he plays the right. grandfather yeah, right. and Righteous Gemstones, and he's hilarious in it. He walks he around half naked in his underwear. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible to see. He's but he's great. He's in Raising Arizona. He was in um, a simple plan. Yeah, a time to kill. Yeah, uh, a, a, a blood simple. I should blood say. simple. Yeah, uh, uh, and uh, the jerk. Yes, he's the guy shooting at him. Yeah. He's been in so many things. He's 87 today. He's somebody I'd love to talk to. Uh, Pat Robertson, the 700 Club, founder of the Christian Coalition. Did you watch uh, uh, the... Eyes um, of Tammy Faye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's represented in that. All of them are. Uh, All those (laughs) of that ilk are in that. Uh, He's 92. Uh, James Patterson, the author, brought us uh, Kiss the Girls, Along Came a Spider. He is 75. 
Uh, Cole Hauser, Nick, he's oh, yeah. in Goodwill Hunting. He's yeah. Billy. He's their friend. There's an entire scene where he is just asleep or passed out where they're at the bar. He eats oh, really? Sick. Yeah, one of the one of the times they're at the bar in Goodwill Hunting, he's just sitting there and his head is kind of in his hands and he doesn't have any dialogue and he's either passed out or asleep. He is the son of another character actor, Wingshauser. Do you, oh, really? Yeah, you no. remember that name? Uh, Guys in a ton of stuff, Wingshauser. Wingshauser. All right, right Nick right. can pull that up and we'll see, we'll see if we recognize in, um, him. All right, so there's a guy. Uh, he, I, he's in Days and Confused, right? Yes. Uh, is he also in Yellowstone? Um, is he Jellystone? The yes. Guy that, yeah. Okay. His na- name is Rip Wheeler. Yeah, he's Rip. Okay. He's yeah. Ranger Smith. Nick, pull up Wingshauser, if you would, please. Yeah. Uh, he's also in, yeah, like you said, Days and Confused, School Ties. He celebrates his 47th birthday today. Uh, yeah, he looks familiar. Scroll down a little bit so I can see what he was in. Um, I don't know the movies. Well, he was in The Insider, so. So he was, yeah, he was in, he was in the movie, the first movie to utter the line, go ahead, make your move, make my day, before Clint Eastwood did it. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Clint uh, then, was like, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Uh, then you have Keegan-Michael Key. Uh, he turns 51 years old, and he's been in tons of things, Pitch Perfect, Let's Be Cops, Mad TV. Schmigadoon. And is he, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, Yes. Uh, and then the last birthday is the very lovely Constance Wu from Fresh Off the Boat and Crazy Rich Asians. She's the main female character in that movie. Yeah, which I I'm love a sucker her. for. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, she is uh, celebrating a big one today. And actually. there's a, a 40, sequel, right? 40th birthday. Um, I had heard yeah, rumors yeah. of a sequel. Yeah, it'd be great if they could uh, make one. That doesn't, that that's still as good. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. All right, so let's see if somebody knows the answer to this stupid question. What was the name of the exercise product famously pitched by Suzanne Summers in infomercials? 215-263-WMMR. We'll go to Robert, see if we can get the answer. Hey, Robert, good morning. Hey, guys. How you doing this morning? Wonderful, sir. Robert, what was the name yeah. of that product? Uh, I believe it was Thymaster. Thymaster. Yeah. Yep, you got it, buddy. Hang on. Got yourself a $150 Fogata Show gift card. You can try new favorites like their fire-roasted Pichana. Or richly marbled ribeye as part of the full Trasco experience. And you can pair them with Fogo's extensive collection of South American wines. Make a reservation for Center City or King of Prussia at Fogo.com. Well, after being postponed several times, the trial for Johnny Depp's defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard will begin on April 11th. Uh, People report that James Franco and Elon Musk are actually set to testify for Amber Heard. Depp filed the lawsuit in 2019 after Heard wrote an op-ed piece for the Washington Post in 2018 about surviving domestic violence. She didn't mention Johnny by name in the essay, but she had previously accused him of domestic violence in 2016. Uh, She once revealed in court that she confided in James Franco about some bruises that she had after an alleged fight with Johnny. Meanwhile, in his lawsuit, Depp accused Heard of having an affair with Elon Musk, no later than a month after the pair were married in 2015. I remember this. They were an item for a while. However, a rep for Musk said they didn't start dating until May of 2016. Nuh-uh. Uh, texts yeah. are expected to be revealed in court, including those between Heard and Jason Momoa and those between Depp and J.K. Rowling. Her lawyers filed a writ of nuh-uh, and uh, it was accepted by the court. And he had filed a yuh uh-huh. right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're battling. Yep. On Monday, Kylie Jenner posted a 10-minute video to her YouTube channel that follows her pregnancy journey with her new baby boy, uh, titled To Our Son. I watched a bit of it. 
Uh, the short film begins with Jenner's positive pregnancy tests and moves through doctor's appointments, photo shoots, and baby showers all leading up to the delivery. When one watches it, Preston, they get the impression that um, she has a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In addition to footage of Travis Scott reacting lovingly to the news, fans can also see the couple's daughter, Stormy, kissing Jenner's belly. And at one point, Stormy breaks the news to Chris Jenner with sonograms of the baby. Uh, and Chris says, this is one of the happiest days of my life in response. Now, the video ends with Scott and Chris alongside Kylie in the hospital before the screen goes dark, and only audio can be heard, and you can hear Chris say to Kylie, he's out. Kylie says to her son, (laughs) it's okay, it happens. Excuse me. Uh, Kylie says to her son, hi, buddy, and Scott says, what's up, boy? What's up, big boy? Uh, Later in the day, actually yesterday, Kylie revealed that she and Travis are renaming their baby. They're changing the name. The original, their first kid? Yeah. uh, No, no. This one. This one. one. Yeah. So Jenner posted to her Instagram story saying, FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. Is it Cole Hauser? We just really didn't feel like it was him. Did you see how uh, Wolfgang Van Halen responded? No. (laughs) Just right. I'll let you read it, Preston. It's right on his his, uh, Twitter account. Uh, (laughs) He wrote, in all caps, he wrote, thank F. (laughs) The F word. Oh, that's hilarious. Well done, Wolfgang. Uh, but uh, they wrote, just wanted to share because I kept seeing wolf everywhere, she said. So, what's the name of wolf? What's that? Our wolf's name is Baltar? Uh, yeah. Baltar. Yeah. Bol, uh, Baltar? Well, you I see Baltar. Ganoush. Yeah, and then right. Baltar yeah. shows up. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the keyword. I have a t shirt at home with his name oh, on it. Yeah, yeah I'll, have to, I'll have to wear that sometime. We do week. have a wolf. Uh, so, interesting. So, they changed the name of the baby. I wonder how often that happens. Uh, President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky, expressed his gratitude to Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher for their support on Sunday. Uh, He tweeted out, uh, Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis were among the first to respond to our grief. They've already raised $35 million and are sending it to refugees. Grateful for their support, impressed by their determination, they inspire the world. Stand with Ukraine. And he added that with a photo of himself in a video chat with the couple. Uh, Kunis and Kutcher posted to Instagram last week announcing that they'd reached their fundraising goal. Pretty amazing. They said, we are overwhelmed with gratitude for your support. Two weeks ago, we asked you to join us. And more than 65,000 of you stepped up and donated what you could. Now, with your help, we've reached our $30 million goal. And our work is not done. They said, we will do everything that we can to ensure... That the outpouring of our love uh, of love that came as part of this campaign finds maximum impact with those in need. You know whose organization did a lot? Bethany Frankel's. Mm. I mean, like Is last she Ukrainian, mm. uh, Ukrainian. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, she, she so she has this charity organization, and, and and she's really good. Obviously, she's a businesswoman and savvy. But I think they're up like forty million dollars. Yeah, I remember oh, seeing yeah. she stepped up early on that and got rolling on it. Um, Amy Schumer told Drew Barrymore on an upcoming episode of Barrymore's talk show that she tried to get uh, Vladimir Zelensky to appear at the 2022 Oscars via satellite over the pre-taped segment. Uh, though she's hosting the event alongside Regina Hall and Wanda Sykes, Schumer said, I'm not afraid to go in there uh, or to go there, but it's not me producing the Oscars. Uh, the Life and Beth actress said, I think there is definitely pressure in one way to be like, this is a vacation, let people uh, forget, we just want to have this night. But it's like, well, we have so many eyes and ears on this show. She said, I think it's a great opportunity to at least 
comment on a couple of things. I have some jokes that kind of highlight the sort of current condition. I mean, uh, there are so many awful things happening that it seems hard to focus on which one. Uh, this is a pretty cool local story. Gary Sinise recently telephoned the chief of the Southampton Township-based Vincent Fire Company. Gary Sinise Foundation, of course, provides for first responders outreach, which to date he has provided some 357 emergency relief grants to police officers, firefighters, and EMTs, as well as over 1,100 first responder training grants. It's amazing. So Vincent Fire Chief Scott Mitchell said, I had written a letter to uh, him, meaning Gary Sinise, last year, asking for help and some money for some communication devices. And Sinise reportedly informed Mitchell during the phone call, personal phone call, that uh, in response to his letter that he personally wrote a check straight to the vendor for $30,000 to purchase the Vincent Fire Company, some 10 new pagers to allow its firefighters uh, to know that there is an emergency. $30,000 for 10 pagers? That's interesting. Wait, and this is is local? Yeah, this is uh, like in the Pine Barrens. Oh, okay. Yeah, so nearby, close enough. Uh, according to Mitchell, the reason for needing the pager is that Burlington County went to a new system, and Vincent Fire Company, being one of the small companies in the country, ended up in a position where it kind of got shafted as compatible portable radios that are required for the system cost about $7,000 each, each, and the entity had only gotten eight of them during the transition. So he asked for help, and uh, he gave the help. It seems like Gary Sinise has been motivated to make this really the majority of what he does. Yep. Like, uh, he acts now and then, but all of this charitable work that he does takes center stage. By the way, the chief said uh, there's a 50-50 chance that Sinise could pay a local in-person visit at the Vincent Fire Company with its headquarters in the Vincenttown Village section of Southampton later this year. He so should bring the Lieutenant Dan Band. Yeah, yeah. Tours yeah. With, yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks like Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez have found their dream home, and uh, it's, uh, you know, it's okay. It only cost $50 million that they bought it in Bel Air. Tell me, do you like this home? You will. Uh, surrounded by trees, the property... Tell me, is this a good school district? It will be. The property is nearly 20,000 square feet. <laughs> 20,000 square feet. <laughs> With 10 bedrooms and 17 bathrooms known as the Bellagio Estate, and it rests on 1.1 acres of land. That's it? Yeah. 1.1 yeah. acres? There, it's, it's, yeah, Bel Air? Yeah, yeah. yeah 1. I guess 1 so, acres right? Is, yeah, it's like 50 That's massive, yeah. yeah. Uh, the lavish estate includes a home theater, gym, multiple kitchens, an infinity edge pool, and pocket gardens throughout the landscape. Pocket gardens? What are pocket gardens? They're so tiny, they fit in your pocket. Uh, Affleck and Lopez visit the estate over the weekend, along with Lopez's daughter, Emmy. How many kitchens do you need? And Affleck was seen uh, taking photos inside. Yeah, how many kitchens? Well, I guess if you're on the other side of the property, you definitely don't want to work. It's a gorgeous home. All the way to the other side, so why not have a couple of kitchens? Pocket gardens look like, just like, almost like a a tiered garden for a small space. Like, so you could have a a Mm. garden in a small space. Oh, okay. So you could have one that's... Like up on a second level or something like that, you yeah, know, like on, on lo- a patio or yeah, it looks like it, like something that yeah could be built. I mean, it could be you know just in your yard or yeah, you could put it on a patio or something. <laughs> come fifty million dollars, seventeen wow. bathrooms is a, that's a lot of bathrooms. That that does to, you usually think bedroom to bathroom ratio, right. right? Ten bedrooms and seventeen bathrooms. Yeah, would you use all of them? Like, or would you have a favorite? You would have to. Oh, use you'd all have to have them. a favorite, right? Well, both. That's crazy. You would use all of them. To I haven't tested all issues. <laughs> I mean, t- l- think about that. So, so ten bedrooms. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, 
what kind of a rager would you have to be having to fill up 10 bedrooms? You would never fill up 10 bedrooms. In the, right. right. In a situation like that, I wonder how many of these places that have that many bedrooms ever see all of the max out. Do they get used? Yeah. yeah. Or ever used? Ever maybe used there's at one all. or two that never, right. ever get used at all. And then add the... And you got to clean that and paint them and use the wrong yeah. paint. I mean, Steve, it's it's almost like Wayne Manor at this yes, point. You know, it's like true. It's, right. You it's need like, the Batcave. It's like that scene where uh, uh, Michael Keaton and Kim Bassett are sitting. Right. Oh, they, yeah. <laughs> I've never I never eaten this room. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, people who have money, John Travolta is a man of many talents. Not only is he one of Hollywood's most acclaimed leading men, and of course we know he's an accomplished private pilot and. Taking to Instagram with a rare personal video, John celebrated his latest achievement in the world of aviation with his fans and was quickly inundated with congratulatory message messages. The 68-year-old captioned his upbeat clip uh, saying, A very proud moment for me. I just received my 737 license. So he already has a 707. And something else. And I don't think it was a 747. Maybe it was. It'd be pretty him. cool, man. But now he has a 737 license. So you have to be rated on each separate Yes. Yeah. yeah they're yeah. completely different. Right, right, animals, right. You know, so famous friends, including Naomi Campbell, Tommy Lee, Sammy Hagar, and others were among those to congratulate the star in the comment section of his post, which racked up more than 750,000 views in a matter of hours. How cool would it be to fly with John oh, Travolta? Yeah. And the pilot? Yeah. 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 Hey, and he loves it, man. You saw, you know, his house has the runway that leads right up to it. Yeah. Do you imagine... That- he has the 747 and 707. So 747 as well. Could you imagine him, Steve, though, getting on the uh, getting on the intercom and being like Barbarino or something? Like that? What? So weird. What? Where? Yeah. Where? Who? What's the airspeed? Yeah. I saw this video. Flaps it down. I saw him post this video on his Instagram um, <clears throat> yesterday, and I just started like looking through, and I, I forgot that his wife died. Yeah, yeah. Kelly yeah. Preston, and yeah. he lost his son. Tragic years yeah. ago. Like yeah. I forgot he, there, he has like tragedy in his Big life. Time. We're looking at him. He's got the the shaved head, which I really think works for him. And he has that look in a movie called uh, I think Paris is Burning. It's a really cool action movie, and he plays a mega badass. In it. You guys, remember hugging him? Oh yeah. my yeah. god, yeah. Yeah. hugging John Travolta. <laughs> Just the greatest thing I mean, ever. He actually he hugged me. It was, a total, like, it was an embrace. Right. Man. Yeah, yeah. He was like so happy. Like when when he left, like he was like, "Thank you. That was that was great. It was a great interview." And like he would be the only reason and, I joined Scientology. And, well, I know, right? Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. All right. Here, <laughs> when is my audit? You take seventy five percent of my money. Go ahead, right. Right. Whatever. Can we just call it Travoltology or something? <laughs> but I'll, I, in that interview that we had with him, he was such a sweetheart. And I remember asking him, I, I go, I go, you you realize when you meet people, I go, you you know what that does for them, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. you you get it. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I get it because I'm a fan too. Mm. And when I meet people that I'm enamored with, I feel the same way so yes i understand yeah you know that that i'm making somebody happy by meeting them and he was just really cool it was a really cool answer yeah maybe we should question. all post our pictures that we took with him today tag him and say if he wants to take us on one of his planes like we're in we'll congratulate yeah. him we'll yeah. send him one of those you know what this is something will be unique we'll send him one of those large chocolate chip cookies yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> with like written in icing you did it and then a, and then a like a plane drawn in icing right. who doesn't love a idea. cookie or I've seen where they have like fruit they cover in chocolate, yeah, okay. like, like, like a plain uh, flour. Yeah. <laughs> All right, send them an incredible like edible. Way yeah. to go, dude! Congrats. Hi, John. Yeah. Um, anyhow, he's awesome. To All infinity right. and beyond, and you'll say, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> so, Doctor Who's 
passionate fan base has a lot to say about the possibility of Hugh Grant taking on the role of the Doctor. Uh, the British sci-fi show has been airing since 1963 with 13 actors permanently taking on the role as the last remaining Time Lord. Current Doctor Jodie Whittaker has confirmed that she'll exit the show at some point this year, leaving the door open for a new actor, potentially Hugh Grant, to take on the role. Uh, that, that would be amazing if that happened. I don't see it happening, but that'd be cool. Well, so here's the deal. According to uh, British newspaper The Mirror, Doctor Who is set for a Marvel-style makeover, like trying to really boost it to another level. Theatrical releases? And if so, yeah, that they would want somebody big, you know, and he might fall into that category. The show has been on forever, and mm-hmm. years, and I watched it years ago when it was in black and white, and, and I mean, it was known for its, it was known for really good writing and cheap effects. Sure. Over the course of the decades and the multiple people who've played Doctor Who, the show has been, you know, brilliant at times and, and continues to uh, to do that. So, yeah, and it shows no signs of stopping. So there's some pretty strong emotions about the casting. Some people really, really, really hate it, and other people are, are thinking that it might be a good idea and open it up to a whole new audience. If they make his female um, accomplice or female co-host the hooker, uh, that you know, what's her name? Uh, Divine Brown. Uh-huh. Oh, <laughs> that would be very cool. Current Doctor Whitaker was the first woman to take on the role, while Joe Martin, a black actress, also recently played a version of the Doctor. While some fans voice their concerns, uh, many more are express their delight at the possibility of Notting of a Notting Hill uh, actor taking over that role. So. I think it is cool when they get somebody who's a little less known and help them build a career with that. Yep. You know, so they they in, instead of stunt casting, but right. Yeah, right. we'll see how it works. Yep. Uh, let's see what else do I have time here for you. Uh, uh, I wanted to mention this. Uh, according to People Magazine, former adult film star Jenna Jameson is trying to regain her ability to walk. Uh, she said, I'm slowly but surely building back my strength. I'm walking around with a walker. My legs have lost a lot of muscle, uh, so I'm busy trying to build it back. This has been not only physically taxing, but I think more than that, just really mentally challenging, very mentally challenging. And she said, as you can see, yes, I'm able to move my legs. I'm not paralyzed. I guess some people felt she was paralyzed. So I'm just dealing with extreme muscle weakness, some issues with my left femoral nerve. Um, so initially, uh, they thought she had Guillain-Barre syndrome. Yes, but that apparently that's not the case. To not be the case, and I'm not sure exactly. Some kind of paralysis. What's going on with her, but she she's not paralyzed, uh, but she has some kind of weakening that's giving her issues. She looks much better than she had for a while. She'd gone way off the, the body dysmorphia oh, yeah. edge. Yep, I agree. And I think she reeled it back a bit. Uh, this is interesting. Steve and I were chatting briefly about this this morning. A major new Ivo Van Hove stage adaptation of Stephen King's horror classic, The Shining, is in the works for 2023 uh, for a West End uh, London debut with an A-list creative team in place and Ben Stiller in talks to play the role of the crazed oh. haunted dad Jack Torrance. Uh, rehearsals are set to begin in the fall, with London performances targeted for January of next year. An eventual move to Broadway is expected. Uh, director Van Hove, last seen on Broadway pre-pandemic with the rework West Side Story, will lead the creative team. Uh, Deadline first reported about the planned stage adaptation in 2017, uh, but the pandemic shut that down. Uh, with the return to live theater, the project is back on track. We're still expected to take the role that Jack Nicholson played in the 1980 film adaptation. But sources say the stage play of The Shining will adhere more closely with King's 1977 book, 
than Stanley Kubrick's film, which in addition to Nicholson, of course, starred Shelley Duvall and uh, Danny Lloyd. I saw Dracula on Broadway years ago when Frank Langella was in it. And uh, it was it was kind of cool because they were using all sorts of, you know, real effects and they were practical effects to do scary moments and and shocking stuff. I don't know what they'd be able to pull off here, but I'd be curious to see. They usually they, they can surprise yeah, you yeah. Uh, with those live stage shows and go, oh, that's how they're doing. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's how they're creating that feel, that illusion or whatever it may be. Uh, additional casting and production timeline for The Shining will be announced further on. Down the road. How old was Jack in that movie? Do you think? I think Jack gonna... Nicholson. Yeah, of... I don't 40s? know. Forties. Yeah, or late thirties. Okay, maybe something like. You'll that. You'll have to do a little because I mean, came out in nineteen eighty. <clears throat> All right, it came out. In why would you? Yeah. Why are you curious? Oh well, <clears throat> there was a picture. It was a screen capture in in the studio that it was him side by side with Ben, uh, and he had ben a receding hairline <laughs> early on. I was like, hey. He kind of looks a little bit old. Yeah. Uh, he probably yeah. was 42 when they filmed a case. Okay. Uh, he's born, uh, Jack Nicholson was born in 37. And that movie came out in 1980, so he's 42, 43 years old, something okay. along those lines. Yeah, he's always had that kind of widow's peak. Even in Chinatown. Early on. Yeah. Yep. All right, and then finally, Britney Spears is back in full form on Instagram. Hey! She had deleted her Instagram account, and now it's back. She's ready to make you sweat just from watching her. In a new video <laughs> that was posted on March 20th, Britney again rocked her go-to dancing look of a yellow floral crop top and tiny black shorts as she worked it out to an EDM dance track, uh, exclaiming in her caption that she found the song funny. It's still, it's so bizarre. It's, the it's dancing? Just, just all of it. Her, her face, her makeup, her clothes, her her these videos she posts, like, I... I don't know. I just feel so, I, I feel bad for her. She was doing a fair amount of nudity, Kathy. Did you see she that? She was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the thing is, is like the pictures aren't. Look, she she looks good, but like, I mean, remember what what she looks like? Like she can post pictures that make her look great. She looks great. Her body is great, but the pictures are just like they're blurry. They're, it's you know coming what I'm from a, from an elevated angle that makes her look very tiny. Yeah, I am Brittany. It's just so bizarre. She posted this video of her um, scraping soap. And listen, it is a little mesmerizing. Scraping soap, yes, soap. with a, with a knife, like like yeah. scraping layers of soap off with a knife. Wow, it's yeah, cool. It is kind of cool. Yeah, those are uh, that's an ASMR uh, yes, thing. Yeah. Totally, mm-hmm. totally. Yep, I, I used to follow a uh, an account that just did all that. Uh, that was it. Every video was like that, cutting stuff like it that was soap. <laughs> but it just added to, like, everything else that she's been posting that's just so bizarre. So in the video, Brittany was all smiles. She performed uh, another one of her fearless and ferocious dance routines, this time rocking out to an infectious uh, EDM track that seems to be a remix of Bo Burnham's All Eyes on Me, uh, which is a really cool tune. Uh, and she shakes her hips, and she flexed her arms and showed off her toned core. She also took to her caption to express her excitement. Uh, about finding a new song to obsess over. She said, this song is really funny, but I have no idea who sings it, but I like dancing to it. Uh, ever since she left her conservatorship, uh, she began living her truth on Instagram. Her passion for dance has been central to her social media presence, and that's what she does. I think we can all say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, she's trying to be an influencer, but doesn't quite know how to do it, yet it's Britney Spears. She's looking right. for that big bar soap account. <laughs> All right, let's get to the clips for this morning. 
Where do we begin? How about this? A game where cybernetically enhanced super soldiers defend humanity from the alien covenant in the 26th century. Uh, it's getting an on-screen adaptation. In this clip, Halo star Master Chief Pablo Schreiber shares his feelings about getting the role. Just overwhelmed, you know, blown away. Uh, I've been seeing, you know, the big green guy and his, and his little blue companion uh, through pop culture for the last 20 years. And so to get to realize that I was going to be the man in the suit was a huge, uh, a huge moment. Uh, Halo premieres Thursday on Paramount+. Plus. I'm going to make sure... That my sons and I watch this together it was a big part of their growing up. Oh my god, yeah! And just seeing some of the imagery, I've, the reviews have been very good and okay. So it's all over the place. But um, I think just to see these things realized that you've been spending so much time playing is pretty cool. Yep. Here's the next one. Based on the popular book, The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray follows a 91-year-old man who is on the brink of sinking into dementia and is given an opportunity to briefly regain his memories. In this clip, author William Mosley talks about bringing his book to life. To bring a, a group of people to, uh, together to, to help me tell that story in another medium. Just, it's just wonderful because, you know, people, the people who I worked with really felt it and they felt it... Uh, in many of the ways that I felt it, and then they had new things to bring to it. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday play. Uh, is Samuel L. Jackson starring He's in it? He's playing him, yeah. A uh, new episode of The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray airs Friday on Apple TV+. Plus. All right, and there's your uh, entertainment report for the day. We have several people on our show. Uh, we're hanging out and having a good time with actor Jim Pittick, who you know from the troupe of actors that are in the Christopher Guest movies like uh, Best in Show and A Mighty Win and For Your Consideration. Uh, he'll be on the show. Uh, Jeff Foxworthy has a new comedy special. We'll check in with him. And Louis Black is coming to town. He'll be at the Miriam Theater on Saturday night. It's so a hell of a lineup. Him. Yeah, and also, I forgot to mention this earlier, it's Tattoos Day. <laughs> We have a chance to win a Preston and Steve-themed tattoo, courtesy of Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. So get on it. Text the word tattoo to 39333, and you might win that gift certificate. They're located at 1729 South Street in Philly. Want to check out their work, could just go to at floatingworldtattoos.com. All right, we're going to break, come back in just a moment, and we got a lot to talk about today, friends. So hang out with us. We'll be right back. Young Steve Morrison took a trip to the zoo. The events that transpired changed him forever. No, Mother! Are you frozen, Mother? Watch this tragedy unfold on the latest Daily Rush. By the way, uh, Tattoos Day today. Chance for you to win a President Steve Tattoo. So text word tattoo to 39333. And that is from Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. I uh, just wanted to mention that Nick saw a bare naked booby in the wild yesterday. In the wild. In, in the, the wild. wild. And not a bird. Because if you like, if you go to a strip club or something right. like that, that's like going to the right. zoo. Right. Okay. No yes. Big, no big deal. Sure. You get to appreciate, and you can look longer than you normally would. Right. But when it's in the wild, uh-huh. it's there's something more exciting about that. You just don't expect it. Right. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even I, though yeah. you've set up a blind and have binoculars. Right. And and Steve, I did not at all expect it, uh, so much so that it was, a, uh, I believe, a triple take when I spotted <laughs> said booby in the wild. I was at a grocery store, um, and this uh, she was um, probably uh, mid to late 30s, maybe early 40s, very attractive Ooh, woman. Okay. She was coming out of the bathroom, oh. and I was walking 
towards where the bathrooms were. So we were walking in opposite directions, and um, uh, she had a, a nice uh, breasts. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> she had well a nice breasts. Uh, so I'm in the supermarket, and she's got a nice brace. She had uh, paid for these breasts. Oh, after factory, oh, as they okay. said. Yes, uh, so they were um, uh, sort of on display to begin with. Right. It was a low-cut top. Right. And um, so she was coming out of the bathroom, and so the, the, part of the reason why I brought it up is I'm curious, Kathy or Marissa, like how this could actually happen, because okay. um, she was clearly not wearing a bra, and I, my guess was, as uh, when she went to the bathroom, when she was in the facilities, maybe she like um, was putting her, lifting her shirt back up, like you know, after tucking her, her pants right, well, back in or whatever. To, where was the boob hanging out from? It was left boob under. And, uh, no, to the side. Cleavage? So the the, 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 sh- the shift, uh, the the cleavage shift had gone from in the middle of the the, the boobs to the right boob entirely. I gotcha. And so the the left one was uh, fully exposed. Oh so it was, it was wait, like, wait, 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 wait. I don't understand. Hold on. The left boob was coming out of the, the cleavage part, the V? Uh, no, I'm sorry. The left part was, the left boob was coming out of the uh, the, the left side. So like the oh, armpit. Like the tank top. Was it a tank hole. top? It was a tank top. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and, armpit hole. It was a low okay. cut tank top. Okay, I'm so sorry. So the, the armpit hole had basically oh, okay. shifted over a little bit. And so, so you're getting drastic side boob, basically. Yeah, and, yeah. and so all of this is. Wait, do you see nipple? Yes. Okay. Oh no, my god! Did, side boob, no whole did, boob, did, no bra, um, and did, all of this is happening in in real time. And it's one of those things where, like, when you look at a woman and you see cleavage or whatever, you, you do you sort of do the side <laughs> eye, right, yeah. you, you glance more than once. Um, but this one, I was like, wait, no, that's not what I saw. Oh, that is what I saw. Wait, is that what I saw? You know, all <laughs> yeah, of that yeah. is, is spinning around in your brain as, as quickly right. as humanly possible. Before you answer this question on how something like that could happen, Kathy. Do do we as responsible men? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Go over and say something. I think you have to. Hey, yeah. your knockers are hanging out. I mean, <laughs> Nick, did you say anything? No, and I thought about it, and I was wondering what the approach should be because I it, look when that type of thing happens, unless you're doing it blatantly for, for attention, which I don't think that she was. I think it was by accident. I didn't want her to be embarrassed. Could, you, could you do it cryptically and say? Hey, melons are on sale. <laughs> Wait, you didn't want to embarrass her, but the poor thing probably walked into the people. Somebody texted and said, yeah. Nick should have said, we, guess what I get to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, no that's just yelled yeah. it right so, there. I think a great question. Guess what I get to do. Kathy. <laughs> how could that happen? Well, no. Yeah, to some extent. But also, would you prefer, I think I might do it, Nick did, and just say, I, I know. I there's know. no way yeah. as a guy you can... And I thought about it. I, I, and I think you wait for a woman to tell her. Oh, right. or, so what would you do? I mean, would, would you would you prefer that a guy told you if you were exposed that way? Oh, I, I mean, it would be so embarrassing. Yeah. But if I was walking out of the bathroom, I think I'd rather catch it instead of walking through the rest of the store and, like, more people seeing okay. it. Or yeah. do you go find a random woman to go tell this yeah, woman? Go that, to, yeah, honestly, yeah. I think There's that a woman matter. on aisle five with her <laughs> knocker hanging out her armpit. I mean, this lady's going to walk through the entire supermarket. I, I think you failed. I think you and anybody <laughs> would have... You want the very first person that sees it to yeah, tell you that they just saw it. Like, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I can understand Nick's... Position on I that though. I don't know. Well, it, it was a moment in time, yeah. Casey, and so I didn't want to turn around and then chase after this woman and say, hey, you're hanging hey! out. Hey, uh, lady! So I debated whether or not I should do it, and uh, I suppose <laughs> your instincts would have been different than mine, but at the moment, I didn't want to say anything that would have embarrassed her any further, and so, like, to me, and to me, 
the person doing the confrontation and, and saying something to her, that's embarrassing to me as well. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy that'd be like, hey, your boobs hanging well, out. And finding the right words in that in that moment you, as well might yes. be kind of hard. Like, your shirt. You're hanging out, you know, would be like, sure. oh my God, why did I say that? Uh, it'd be like, uh, cover up, you know, maybe. I, I don't know. I would have just said, your shirt. Check your shirt. Check right. your shirt. Your knocker plopped down. <laughs> So in hindsight, I kind of wish that I had said something, but at the, oh. at, the at the moment in time, it did not. Oh, you know, but let me let me explain because I I I can see how this happens. Now I don't have fake boobs, but um, either way, like if you're if she was in the bathroom because this has happened to me, not where my boob is fully yeah, yeah. out, but if we don't sit on the toilet and we're hovering, like you're kind of hovering forward, the boobs are hanging. I think yeah. that's if, what happened. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly what happened. So her. and so that left her in this precarious predicament. There's a whole bunch of of I think. Uh, moral questions here as, as to how you approach that and and what what you would do in that situation. I could see you. It's like when you see a fight in real life. It's like you're so used to seeing it in the movies or whatever that you don't. What did I just see? What did I? Yeah. And you, by the time you processed, it, the moment is gone. Right, I mean, yeah. listen. I had a similar situation. I was at Wonderland Pier in Ocean City, and there was a guy in a wheelchair, and his testicles were hanging out of his shorts. That's right. And I I went up and I told his caretaker, I'm like, you know, and I'm like, yo. His nutsack is, I didn't say that, you know. They're, did they're, you tuck it back in for I did, him? I did, with my mouth. No, but I said to the caretaker, I'm like, I'm like excuse me, yeah. um, you know, this gentleman's sure. testicles are, are uh, exposed, <laughs> you know. And, you know, it's as simple as that. Like, yes, it sucks. It's, yeah. it's embarrassing. I was at, I was at a yeah. wedding one time, and uh, it, was, uh, it, it was a daytime reception, so... The, the room was well lit up. It wasn't a dark room, and, and uh, everybody's dancing. We're, we're doing uh, kind of slow dancing, the, the traditional you right, know, man right. and woman dance, whatever you call that, not a foxtrotter, but anyhow. Um, so, and there was a gal who was there, and we had met her earlier in the day. Uh, they were the, uh, I think, the dance instructor that helped the bride and groom learn this, this really cool fancy dance that they were going to do for their first dance. Right. So, anyhow, they're dancing together, and her top is slowly slipping down and down and down. She wasn't overly well endowed. Right. Okay, but nonetheless, it came all the way down. Nipple, the whole thing, everything hanging out. I didn't say a damn thing. Right. And I feel, I still, I feel a little bit bad about that to this day that I should, I could have easily, because I met her earlier and I could have been like, hey, you know, pointed. Could you have stepped on the back of her dress to make everything pull up in the front. Yeah. Would that have worked? <laughs> yeah, I guess that could have worked, right? Yeah. Just, I know, the, but I, I hear what you're saying. You don't, because it it seems like such an affront because of you being a guy, but then I also see the merit in how long do you let that go on? If you just, you may want to adjust yourself. I do you, think, you know. I think I would prefer if a a woman came over to me, like if, if you, you know, if you're with yeah. your wife, like, Rochelle, go tell Kathy your knockers are hanging out. Right, right. I'd rather that than you be like... Hello, Rochelle, it's Preston. Can you drive down to the supermarket? I need you to tell a woman that her knockers are hanging out. It could have been, Nick, could have been like an invitation. She could have been right, like, so, you know... In, in the whole quick <laughs> right. thought process, one yes. of my thoughts was... Should I meet her she, in the bathroom? No, 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 no. Whoever? Is, yeah. is she doing this on purpose? Is she doing it for... No. Oh, God, that's Nick McElwain out there. How do I get him? Now's my only shot, girl. Better flop out a knocker. <laughs> I don't think that's actually what the case was, Kath. But for a moment, I'm like, he's by the guacamole. <laughs> I do love guacamole. <laughs> I think the flood of stuff. I don't yes. care. The flood of everything is like. And it's comical, <laughs> too, Steve. Because it really was triple take. Like, my, I, I looked, and then I looked again, and then I looked again. And I was like, wait. And now I feel like an idiot because I'm the one staring at this poor lady's boob. Solo boob. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're in, in the men 
men, in the male mentality, there's a split second. Yes. Lightning fast, jumps across <laughs> the synapse very quickly, flash it. She do that on purpose? Yes. <laughs> is, that, is that for me? Boom. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. It's at the supermarket. How could it not be? Boom. 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 Yep. I've seen videos. Where uh, oh, right. they do this at grocery stores, yeah, yeah. and uh, that's sorry, I didn't realize that was exposed. Okay. Hang on, did she have a shopping cart? Uh, no, she was. Uh, she did not. She okay. was walking out of the bathroom without a cart. She was. She was. I think by herself. Did she have her boobs in the child seat? Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure if maybe there was an upside down pineapple in the shopping cart. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is a sign that you're looking to swing, right? Uh-huh. But case like it was not. Um, you know, it wasn't like an elderly woman. We we're like, you know, yeah, that <laughs> right. It was a, it was a, a younger, attractive woman yeah. uh, who had fake boobs. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it was not I like made a. a <laughs> <extra coffee>. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the first time somebody checked out her rack. I know how you skits like them sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> I need you all the time, Nick. It wasn't that lady. I'm a big pro jam fan, too. <laughs> uh, let me let me go to some calls. Uh, I have Warren on the phone. Hey, Warren. Good morning. Hey, what's up, guys? Rock and roll, bro. Rock and roll, my man. What's up, buddy? Hey, listen, I had the same thing happen to me at a resort in Punta Cana. We were going to one of those uh, pool bars where everybody sits around the bar. Sure. The right. Yep. And this beautiful girl, she was just uh, an amazing body on her. You look over, and her breasts had fell out of one side of her top, and she had a you know, small bathing suit on. So I just kind of like swam over, you know, like a, like a <laughs> the jaws, yeah. the jaws music, <laughs> swam on over. I, 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 and, and I said to her, I said, "Hey, you know, adjust your top." So, and so, just to get it clear, Warren, how did you phrase it? You said, "Did you make it like a hand gesture and say, do you, did you quietly say you?" Adjust your top. Well, at, at first, I was just kind of staring, like my eyes were real big, and I'm looking yeah. down and looking up at her, and looking down and looking up, and I'm like, "Hey, you know, trying to like just go like, you know, hey, look, it's floating, you know, it's floating, it's a coconut here coming over to the the, the bar." You actually said these words? No, no in my mind. Oh, in your <laughs> mind. Like, wow. Okay. So, how did you delicately say it to her? But, but what come out was, uh, you know, hey, adjust your top. Okay. okay. That, that's all right, that's good. I think that's right. And did she seem to appreciate that, or was she mortified? Oh, well, she she looked at first, Well, she looks down, and I mean, literally, we are in a pool, so I'm yeah. not joking when I say it's like floating away. It's yeah, like, mm-hmm. away from her like a buoy. <laughs> stooped her in and tucked it, and she's just like, "Oh my God, thank you so much." All right, yeah, that that was my and, question. I wanted to know if she appreciated that. And if everybody's wearing bathing suits and you're drinking at a swim up bar, it's like, yeah. oh, this, another oh, God, that again. Right. Let me get right, that for you. Yeah. So I had uh, I was at a Phillies game years ago, and I, I told you this story before. But uh, there was a woman, um, a young woman, whose sundress was <laughs> in the back. Oh, it was crammed right. up the crack oh, of her ass. Right. So half of her ass cheek was hanging out, and oh, I was talking yeah. to my friends, and I was pointing it out. I'm like, somebody's got to go tell her yeah. that her and so her friend catches me looking over. Now, she was very buxom as well. And so she catches me looking over there and kind of like gesturing and pointing. And and her friend, being her her friend, looks at me and she goes, we know she's got big boobs, right? And I was like, no. No. 
Your friend's ass crack is hanging out. You know, it was like, yeah. and I was going to be a little bit more diplomatic about it, but then, you know, her friend was such an a-hole. By the way, I, I had a text come in and says, uh, talking about this uh, woman who had her boob out that Nick saw, and they said something along the lines of, uh, oh, she knew. It's like your butt crack. You know when your butt crack's out. No, you don't. No, I don't think I so. I have seen so no. much ass crack. Yeah. Even in the cold, where, and, and it's like, those, nobody knows when their butt crack's hanging out, and I've seen a lot of it lately. And I think if you're, and it, it's interesting that you would say after factory because I think like Kathy you, you, you're you're naturally you say I think over the course of 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 your time or life you know what things feel like when there's an extra breeze on it you know what I'm saying like yeah, like you'd be I, more aware yeah, but I, I could easily see this you, you like, could easily see like it mine that that bathroom that hover position like mine have been like way out of the tank top like you know what I mean it's not nipple or anything yeah, yeah. like that but too much now when you're at the grocery store, I'm I'm betting that there wasn't a mirror in there because tip, typically there'll be a mirror above the sink, so you're washing your hands you, and you're, then you you're adjust yeah, you yeah, adjust yeah. yourself. Yeah. Uh, but do you think you think that uh, breast implants are less sensitive that, I that have, women don't? I have no idea, but I think have if, you, if, awareness? If, if you have newer uh, equipment, perhaps you're not used to what. What it feels the sensation like. is when if you're uh, still getting it, used to it, right? I mean, she was, already, she was already not wearing a bra, right? So, like that that feeling of that fabric over her boob was had already been removed, right? Right. And so, like, I think that the exposure it just didn't register. That's what yeah. happened after my penile implant, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I were a woman with big boobs, I wonder if I would like going braless or not. Yeah. I think. Well, I mean, that's the you point hate of that, right. Well, yeah, because I can't. If I had uh, breast implants, I would never, probably never put a bra on again if they were perky like that. Because they... Yeah. Go to the supermarket picking up some succulent. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you dressed like that? If I took a bra off, Case, it would be like that lady from Kenan's. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The lady from Kenan's. Remember the one year when... When Casey and I used to drink a lot, and <laughs> some woman, what does she say to me, Case? Uh, well, you, I think she said, "Do you want to see my boobs?" She, I don't even think she asked. Uh, this was after Keenan's, oh, uh, and she was just flopping them out there for everybody to see. I mean, like her top was off. Like yeah. she, I saw her boobs, and they were very pancake-like and hanging a little. Right, and she just so started just... like slapping them. Right, like you did, Kathy. I had like for those of you who think Kathy is this prudish gal that she plays off, you haven't seen the real Kath. It's one of my favorite memories. Of this. <laughs> it's so great. I made him extra sloppy for you. Oh, yeah, man. yeah. All right, let me. I made him extra sloppy for Let me go. <laughs> let me go to uh, Joe. Hi, Joe. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Hey, Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? So uh, when I was about 16, we were at the beach, and uh, my pops is sitting there, and he's looking at this girl. He's like, dude, her, her top's going to come off in the, the next wave. Sure enough, boom, popped right out. Uh, so my dad's sitting there, so he starts cracking up me. I couldn't, I'm just standing right there staring. But uh, he yells real loud. He goes, hey, chick, your boobs are out. <laughs> hey, chick. Hey, chicky, baby. He down and dropped in the water trying to fix herself. Your gazongas are airborne. Oh, my That's God. That's another one, though. The beach Thanks, waves. Joe. It's like you're going to yeah. see a boob oh, yeah. at some point. Oh, for sure. And I feel I feel terrible for because I've seen I've seen that happen. I've seen dudes lose their bathing suits. Like, you know, like like they're body surfing or whatever. Oh, dude. You know where that happens a lot? At those at the amusement parks that, oh, have, the, yes. that have the big waves, the yes. forced flow that you, that you can go out and try to you know uh, like a boogie Surf. board yeah. on, and their oh, shorts yeah, will yeah, just yeah. fly yeah. right off because there's so much water pressure. And people don't realize it when they oh, get it's in. Hilarious. Yeah, 
It is hilarious. Uh, let me hang on. Let me go to uh, Mickey. Hey, Mickey. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. What's up, Mick? Listen, I'm a crossing guard, and I had an incident where a woman pulled over to ask directions, mm-hmm. and I leaned over to give her the directions, and her top had opened up. And I was like, oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh. Don't uh, mind if I do. So don't mind if I do. Mickey, did you say anything to her? Yes. I said, ma'am, I said, you seem to have a wardrobe malfunction. Okay. Uh, nice. That's a good Nice. Minute. Well that's, done. That's put very nice. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I said, hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah. Yeah. Said, you know, I just wanted you to know that. You're perfect. You want might want to button up. All right, that's that's a polite way to do it. Mike. Uh, I want to get Thanks. the consensus also from women. Would would they appreciate a guy doing as as he did? You know, just you had wardrobe malfunction. Uh, yeah. In case as you said, interceding earlier when Nick had this woman come out. I think you know. Would you appreciate that, or is it? Listen, man, when you have like a boogie hanging out of your right. nose, it's super embarrassing. And whoever says it to you, it's going to. It's going to sting. And yeah. It's going to be embarrassing, and I, I I hate to you know draw the parallel between boogies and boobs. Yeah, but it was a great book by the way. I would by prefer. Herman I would prefer. It was his follow up to Moby Dick. I would prefer the very first person that Call sees me a boogie booger hanging out of my nose to, to tell, tell me. Yeah, yeah. So that I don't walk around the office with my with my boobs hanging out. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's go. Let's see what happens when uh, the other gender is <laughs> faced with this issue. I have Jackie who's on. Jackie, good morning. Hi, you guys rock. Thank you, Jackie. What do you want to tell us? All right. So I was a lifeguard and pool manager for a very long time. So you see a lot. Yeah. Um, But so I was very early 20s at the oldest, and I was the manager, and one of the moms came up to me and said, you know, hey, there's a guy over in, in the pool, and he's like having his daughter swim under his legs, and you know, he had his legs spread so his daughter can swim under his legs, and the moms are all there, able to see everything hanging out. The oh, my God. Was it like coming coming out the side, or? <laughs> no, he was wearing running shorts, those real small. You can't swim in those. No. Yeah. Yes, instead of a bathing suit. Yeah. So, you know, I'm the manager, so they ask me oh, to, to, uh... to talk to this guy. Well, that... oh, the worst. well Jackie, that's oh. extra creepy that he has his daughter's. Slay didn't know. I know. I don't think he had any idea because I had to pull this guy aside and talk to him. And he was super embarrassed. And I didn't, you know. Yeah. I was super, everyone was super embarrassed. And, I mean, I, I basically made up a rule that he had to wear bathing, a bathing suit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to do that. Instead of these running shorts. <laughs> because oh he's, like, God. hanging out. And he's, like, you know, there's kids swimming all around. <laughs> oh, no. I have to impose a draconian no. law here. You must wear a bathing suit in the pool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, I, who, I didn't see anything, luckily, but, you know, he's there in front of, like, you know, I'm sure all the pool moms are like, you know, you can imagine them lined up along the edge. It's the real what, shallow section. Would you say, Jackie, that oh, would, if you could have, like, if, would you prefer that a guy had gone and done that? Well, maybe. Or just, like, I don't I don't know. Yeah. You're the manager. <laughs> You're the yeah. hanging around. You know, there weren't many there weren't many guys. I was like the head lifeguard and right. a bunch of of girls around. <laughs> so, you know. All right, so Jackie, in all your years of being a pool manager, what would you say? Did you see more boobs or more dongs? <laughs> Actually probably more dong. No kidding. Guys, man spread. They man spread. Oh, right. Hang out. I yeah. Think 
There are cases, and Jackie, maybe you'll concur with this. I, there are cases where I think dudes knowingly go and, well, and right? Will, will, mm-hmm. So they're getting a little quasi-exhibitionism out of the way. There's a guy at my Thank pool. you, Jackie, who... Yep. Appreciate it. I, he is enormous, okay? His, his junk? His junk okay. is, I, is... But he wears a Speedo. And I'm like... Don't, why, why, why don't, are you doing that? That's why. That's why. You know why? I know. I know yeah. exactly why. He has why. a huge. And it's. Dog. I mean, it is uh-huh. massive. Oh my yeah. God. I, like I cannot express to you how gigantic. And and it's. It, is, and it, fact, is it a two hander? Uh, it would be a two hander for Andre the Giant. <laughs> it, and I'm like, why is this guy doing this? Like you know. You know it, why? That's yeah, why. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. You wear a speed up because you he wants to put on a show. This yeah. Next, this summer, you got to do. You got to somehow or another get a picture. <sighs> Where is this that he shows up at? At my, his pool. At my pool. Oh. Um, not okay. You don't say what pool it is. I'm not going to say. It yet. But try to get a picture if you can. I don't think. Okay. Is he single? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, I'll look. I'll look for a ring the okay. next time I you see. You know what, Case? See if you can tag him, and we'll follow his migratory pattern. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let me go to. Let me go to Laura. Hey, Laura. Good morning. Yahoo! Yeah. <laughs> All right, Laura. What's up? Good morning. Um, one of my college boyfriends. Uh, we were dating not that long. Hadn't met his parents yet. Um, go to the hospital to visit his dad after a bowl and get a huge show of his balls. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. His dad. Wow. Wait. Yeah, so oh. I hadn't met the parents before, so I'm like, hi, nice to meet you. I'm your son's girlfriend, and there's your balls. So so he was in, he was in getting... Well, why was he wearing a hospital? He was in the hospital, or was he just walking around... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, he he took a fall and uh, he was in the hospital. And my boyfriend asked me if I wanted to go, you know, visit him. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's so just an unfortunate the incident. The hospital gown is the most unforgiving <laughs> garment that has ever been created by humankind. I, I've, I've I said, know, it was yeah, just so funny the first time meeting him. Oh, absolutely. Him. All right, thanks, Laura. I've said that a thousand <laughs> times, Preston. They need to redo the hospital gown. You just feel so. <laughs> uncomfortable and exposed and it's like victimized. wearing a bad smock <laughs> yeah it's like a, you're doing arts and crafts but terrible. your ass is hanging out uh let's see how about uh we will go to erica hi there erica hello hello what's up erica um so i'm bringing it back to the boobs okay um, Back in my early 20s, we were probably 20, 21, me and my girlfriends would go down to Wildwood every year and hang on the beach. We would always set off our spot a little bit away from the ocean because we'd be drinking and listen to our music. And, you know, we would always dig a sandcastle. So we're all hanging out. There's about six of us. And um, we noticed this guy, like, staring up, like, maybe, like, you know, 20 feet from our blanket, staring at us. And we're, like, all looking at each other, like, what is this guy staring at? What is he staring at? (laughs) So we look over, and here's one of our girlfriends, Megan. She has, like, a nice rack on her. She's, like, on her hands and knees with a shovel, like, digging a hole. And her her whole boob is just out flopping around. And if she's on her hands and knees, I mean, it's it's hanging as low as it can. She was doing work. Like, she was really doing work. So this guy's staring, and we're we're like, Megan, Megan. And she, like, looks and then looks away. Here she has headphones in. So we're like, Megan, Megan, we're screaming her name. Finally, she popped her headphones out. 
She pops her head down, and my best friend Andy uh, yells, Meg! On the top of her lungs, my girlfriend looks down, grabs her chest, and falls to the sand. It was the most hysterical thing. Oh, to this man. day, like, when she acts up, we're like, Meg, chill, your entire titty. Okay. <laughs> All right, Erica, I have a question for you. When you talked about her, uh, talked to her about it afterwards, did she describe, like, the sensation that her that she felt in her body? Because, you know, what happened with this woman yesterday, is there any way that she would be able to tell physically that, that it was out? Well, that's what we were like, Megan, couldn't you feel it? Like, yeah. Slapping onto your body every time you, like, dug in the sand? She was like, I didn't know I had my bikini on. So, I mean, oh. I guess it's similar to a tank top where you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah I could see um, that being a, a possibility and a liability, but, but yeah, uh, you, you should be aware. Try to, try to increase your spatial awareness. Yes, yeah. like... Be aware of your boobs. Right. Yes. All right. Thank you. Appreciate Thank you it, Erica. Have a great day. Right. You too. We'll Bye-bye. see you. Bye-bye. All right. Well, and by the way, it is cleavage season. Yeah. I mean, spring first has already hit, so the first of spring. So it's uh, we're, we're into that season where uh, things might fall out by accident. So you may <laughs> want to be aware. And I assume that if it does happen, ladies would prefer that you politely let them know. Next time. Uh, next time. I'll, t- I'll say yeah. something. Instead of yeah. Walking through the rest of the grocery store with <laughs> a boob hanging out. But uh, Nick saw a boob in the wild. It is a sure sign of spring, ladies yes. and gentlemen. That's a wonderful thing. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second. We have bizarre file stories on the way when we return. Make sure you stay with us. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. HD. It ain't just for your TV anymore. Use your HD radio to hear the best-sounding MMR there is. Plus, enjoy MMR HD 2, the MM Archives channel. Everything that rocks never sounded so good. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Marissa just handed me this and says it's breaking news. It's not breaking news. Do not not hit the breaking news sound effect. Okay, all right. um, Somebody, uh, a Twitter user, added me to the um, uh, Parkway Central. Notable alumni list. What does it say? It says Preston Elliott of the Preston and Steve Show on WMMR. Okay. So there's a couple little tidbits of missing information. I graduated in 86. Everybody has the year they graduated. Right. Next time. So I'm going to have to reach out to this Twitter user. And then should they use my real last name? You know, mm. since that was my, which is Wilson is my real last name. I've said that on the air many yeah. times throughout the years, but also known as Preston Elliott from the Preston. Well, they use, show. so in my notation, they use my stage name. My real name is Casey Foster. Mm. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, no. But, but so, the fans will know. Yeah. No, yes, yeah, absolutely. So. I think that's. Well, that was awesome. Thank you, dear yeah. friend, for doing that. Twitter user at TWD1165. excellent. Uh, uh, that was it. That's really cool. People are so nice. We'll see if it stays. All right. We need to do the bizarre file. Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre. bizarre File. Brought to you by Sequoia Outback, celebrating 25 years, making backyards beautiful all over the Delaware Valley. You can stop in for their annual Spring in the Sequoia sale, which is going on now, Route 309 in Hatfield or at Deck Supplies. Dot com. All right, we'll start with this. A, a disturbing, this is in uh, Pennsylvania, a disturbing case of deer jumping to their death has residents in one Elk County town demanding something be done to stop it. 
Look at Elk County standing up. Uh, Resident Bill Boylan says, recently, since we lived on the other side of the bypass, we've had 25 deer jump to their death in a populated area. Yep. Uh, He said, that, uh, according to that end of the bypass, Ah! is probably more dangerous than any other area, he said, because that's the only place that it crosses over a populated area. It must be some sort of optical illusion or something that they're getting confused by. Boylan and other residents said they tried reaching out to PennDOT and said they did not get a response that they were hoping for. He said uh, PennDOT apparently doesn't see the wisdom of putting... Maybe a, a diversion fence for the yeah. deer, or maybe some nets to catch all the debris that comes off from the snow plows that plow it over. Uh, without some sort of barrier, Boylan says the deer will most likely continue to jump. He said they get frightened out onto the bypass. Boylan said they panic, one jumps off, and then they all leap off. Like oh they do God. it in group, like oh, lemmings. Man. Isn't that wild? Yes. So That's, yes, they need to do something. They are fall. They're they're like falling like rain off of this thing, and they're dying. Hallelujah! It's raining deer. Wow. <laughs> Rantlers galore. <Yeah>. Like billions. <laughs> yeah. Rantlers. Uh, after opening bottles of snake wine. A man in China was surprised to find a living venomous snake which bit him. No. Well, that's the prize, right? It's like Cracker Jacks. Uh, The man hurried to a hospital for treatment and survived. The man had purchased three bottles of medicinal wine with snakes soaking in them as a remedy for his ill son. He waited a year after purchasing the bottles to open them. So So, so this is being used as medicine? Unexpected. Well, yeah, but the fact that this thing lived for a year, submerged in liquid... Unexpectedly, the snakes have reportedly come back to life, according to the China Times. Apparently, when snakes encounter harsh environments, they often enter a dormant state and can survive for several years, it says. I find this hard to believe. I I do as well, but what we're looking at, Preston, was it a cobra in the bottle? I I think this is just a photo of of what snake wine is. I don't think this is from the particular story. This is the party pack. This is from the same story that I got, but I don't think this is the type of snake that picked this guy. Additionally, jars of wine cannot be completely sealed, so a small amount uh, uh, of air enters. Apparently, in 2013, a woman in China was bitten after opening a bottle of snake wine uh, to pour in more wine, the snake within, uh, which had been in the bottle for three months, leaped out and bit her. You heard about the woman who purchased tiger milk, right? No. No, no. <laughs> Another bite incident uh, stems from snake wine occurred in China in 2009 and also one in 2001. Snakes are often used in medicinal wine because they are believed to possess medicinal qualities. Huh. Snake wine is often advertised to cure a large variety of medical issues from vision issues to hair loss to erectile dysfunction. The notion so. they could go dormant for that many years? Yeah, it's pretty wild, but it, this is a, from a couple of different sources. So. Backing it up? Yeah, that's stay I, away yeah. from snake wine, Kathy. <laughs> Never heard of that. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> a central. Uh, by the way, I, I didn't even realize until just now. This is an all animal bizarre. Oh, okay, so we well had deer. Done. Well done. We had snakes, and now a central Florida man known as the Monkey Whisperer pleaded guilty after federal officials say he illegally sold a capuchin monkey to a celebrity client in California who PETA later identified as entertainer Chris Brown. Chris Brown? Jimmy Wayne Hammonds pleaded guilty to conspiracy to violate the Lacey Act. I'm not a fan of your music. And three counts of violating the Endangered Species Act. His plea agreement said Hammonds breeds and sells exotic wildlife, but when he sold a capuchin monkey to an unlicensed California resident... Can't do that. In 2018, federal officials intervened. It started in September 2018. Records show Hammonds was in contact with three Californians, one of whom was an unlicensed wildlife transporter about the monkey. 
Hammond's got uh, over $12,000 for the capuchin, as well as expenses for transporting it to California. The documents say uh, the transporter took the money to Nevada and met up with an associate of the buyer, who PETA says was Chris Brown. Mm. During the second week of October 2017, the monkey was delivered to its new owner in California, but in January 2018, law enforcement showed up to confiscate the animal. The next month, law enforcement officers say Hammond gave them false documents relating to the sale of the monkey, and he pleaded guilty to violating the Lacey the Act. The ca- capuchins seem, and they can be cute and wonderful, but if they freak out, it's a nightmare. But $12,000 for the monkey. That's pretty wild. South Carolina may increase fines for alligator harassment following a 2020 incident on Hilton Head Island that sparked community outrage over one reptile's treatment while it was being removed from a mini golf course. Oh, come on, leave me alone. The South Carolina House come recently on. passed a bill uh, in a 108-0 to zero vote that would raise the penalties for people who feed, entice, or bother alligators, except as permitted under state and federal law. So you have to leave them where they are. Legislation says violators would be guilty of a misdemeanor and would be fined $500 or $1,000 or jailed for up to 30 days. The current law is only $100. Introduced to legislation after the controversial removal two years ago of a massive alligator from a lagoon at Legendary Golf on Hilton Head. (laughs) Well, you wonder what happened on the golf course. Well, Legendary Golf contacted Critter Management, a local animal control company, to remove a large alligator from a lagoon over concerns to their customer safety. Joey Mafo, who led the removal of the animal, said a crowd of about 100 people gathered as a critter management team captured the 12-and-a-half-foot-long alligator. Yeah, could do it. After, although the alligator was not acting aggressively, Joey Mafo said that it could have been dangerous to many golfers who got too close to the murky lagoon where it was hidden. So once the alligator's limbs were secured... Mafo said he invited the bystanders to come closer. He said between 20 and 30 people, and he characterized them as mostly excited tourists, took turns riding the alligator and taking photos and videos of them on it. That's kind of embarrassing. So, Gosh, I feel like such an idiot. Uh, the response uh, the, from the Islanders was outrage. As video and photos spread of the incident, hundreds took issue with the sideshow created by the alligator's capture. And at the time, Joey, dignity. Joey and Joe Maffo apologized for the incident. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, Maffo said it certainly wasn't our intentions to exploit this Listen, alligator. I ask you, do I look like the kind of guy who would f up an alligator? No, it's stupid. He said we had no intentions of had make, no tensions. making it look like a fiasco. It was a fiasco. Yeah, that's what that happened. So exactly. Anyhow, so they now have a law. Well, uh, which is a little seems kind of sad for the alligator. We're watching the footage, and yeah. it's kind of a sideshow attraction. A little bit more stringent now. Just being an alligator. Uh, I think I might have another all... Holy hell, you're on a, a I might roll have another all-animal bizarre file in the next round. We'll have to see how many I have. Yep. All right, so anyhow, we are going to take a break because our guests start to roll in. When yes. we return, we're going to get uh, actor Jim Piddick. If you've ever seen the movie um, Best in Show... Uh, Fred Willard and and Jim are the two commentators at the dog show. Right. And he's kind of the straight man. And he seems like he's just legit. He's the real deal. But he is a great comedic performer. He and is. he's been in a few of the other Christ, uh, uh, Christopher Guest movies. He's got a book out and he'll be joining us next. We also have Jeff Foxworthy and Lewis Black joining us this morning. So stay with us. We'll be right back. 
MMR VIP has its perks. Click contests at WMMR.com to enter for tickets for this week's featured shows. Just announced Incubus and Sublime with Rome in Camden this August and Flogging Molly with the Interrupters at The Man in June. If you're not an MMR VIP, you can sign up now on our website. It takes less than two minutes and it'll make you feel superior to all your friends. We are very excited to have our next guest on. Uh, his book is called Caught With My Pants Down and Other Tales from a Life in Hollywood. Nick had just pulled up his Instagram account, and I glanced over briefly, <laughs> and I thought I was looking at a picture of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I does kid a you little not. Bit, yeah. Yeah. We have the same beard. Yeah. We do have that going on. And glasses. He is a devilishly handsome gentleman, <laughs> and his name is Jim Pettick. Let's yeah! Have- Wow. Hey, Jim, how are you? That's an introduction. I love that. (laughs) It's so so early in the morning, it woke me up. (laughs) Very good. Yes, I I, read that last second. I'm like, we have that same kind of grayish with the little little dark hints in their facial features. So uh, it's great. Yeah, salt and pepper. Yeah, Yeah. a little bit of that. By the way, for, for those who may not know... The name Jim Pittick, if, if, if his name is new to you, you have probably seen him. Uh, he's uh, been working in uh, television and films and, and stage for years and years. The Christopher Guest Troop, he's one of those crews, so a mighty win, best in show for your consideration. Uh, some of the best improv-based movies ever made. And is, is that where, when, when people do recognize you, are they usually uh, quoting those films when they, when they uh, encounter you, Jim? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, that's probably the biggest one, Best in Show, yeah, because yeah. that kind of, uh, people remember it so clearly. But Lethal Weapon 2, was, which was my first ever film, was another one, uh, because uh, I, I had the kind of line that became almost a catchphrase for the movie, because you're blick. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're blick. Yes. I was blick. Oh, that was so um, great. Uh, and then, uh, bizarrely, though, globally, the thing that people pick out is Friends. Because Friends. Because one episode. But that show has been seen in a billion languages, uh, and I'd love to hear what I sound like in some of them. Um, <laughs> and uh, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been watched by multi-generations, too. So it's uh, it's interesting, because I was reading the, the genesis of uh, of this uh, book, Caught With My Pants Down, and you had gone to speak at some sort of um, industry event where you're kind of you know, waxy nostalgic, and it sort of occurred to you that you had a lot of stories to tell. And there were a couple of different paths this book could have taken. It could have been a stage play, but how did it end up, how did you end up finally locking on, okay, I'm going to commit this to a book? Well, um, at the risk of sounding kind of facetious, it it, it was COVID. I mean, I had the the lockdown, so I I wrote it. What would have taken me probably five years took me five months. Right. So, And I had these stories that I knew kind of would, would string together. And I, I thought nobody's going to be that interested in the Jim Piddock story. So I wanted to make sure it was as much about the observed as the observer. Um, and, and, and then I put them together. And then bizarrely, that sort of theme came through of what it was. It was about something else, too, which was lovely. Um, and there was sort of a little bit of philosophy in there. It's not, you know, it's not a self-help book. Really, <laughs> but, um, it, it was kind of interesting because I hadn't realized when I set out to write it. I just write, wanted to write entertaining kind of uh stories basically of crazy stuff that's happened both in and outside show business um and and uh, i did that and then then it kind of like was oh oh there's something else here and and that came through which is you know uh, which is lovely well you know jim it's interesting because um and i started reading the book and i really enjoy that and i enjoy the book and i can see what you're saying because <clears throat> one thing occurs to me you are like a, a what i would call a classic character actor 
Um, you know, so, so many roles. I mean, that's why people are, uh, uh, we guarantee you've seen Jim in, in something. Uh, but also with that, you get a sense like um, you're moving from thing to thing and finding out, oh, I really like this. And, oh, I really like this. And um, you kind of learn it's a life lesson. We all learn after enough time is to not pigeonhole, except open yourself up to other possibilities of things that you might like and and and, and develop the ability to be fluid. And it looks like that served you well throughout your career. Yeah, I, I think that, that what what came through for me was when you know I don't look back very much. Um, I look forward or right in front of me, and so the, the, again, the pandemic gave us all a chance to stop and and sort of kind of reset and, and uh, reassess everything. Uh, and I think that one of the things you know I'm now in my my sixties was that that uh, I'd taken immense risks which I sort of hadn't really been aware of. And, and I think one of the things that I kind of conclude in the book is that. We're really on this planet for the for a millisecond, you know, in the in the grand history right. of things, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's a it's so important to to make the most of it and to to do what you want to do because and and I think that I was true to that. I actually did take risks and I always did what I wanted to do. Uh, hopefully, not selfishly, but but in a way that was sort of yeah. I've only got one one go here, so let's make yeah. the most. Of it. <laughs> So with with this with this millisecond that, that that we exist when when you sit down and and uh, and document it and uh, and I'm not sure I haven't had a chance to read the book yet but you know if it's running uh, if if it's the story of your life but with uh, anecdotes and fun along the way do you kind of take stock of yourself while you're sitting down to write uh, a piece? Oh, like absolutely, this? absolutely. I'm brutally honest. I mean, okay. some of the best stories are the things that I remember the easiest were the most embarrassing things that have happened to me in my life, which hence the title, Caught With My Pants Down, which, by the way, happened literally three times in my life. Well, do tell. <laughs> As Oscar Wilde might say, once it's an accident. <laughs> Twice is careless. Three times, God knows what that is. Um, yeah. Uh, so, and it's also a metaphor for, you know, what we do in, in, in the performing business and, and uh, also mm. write as well. So you're exposing yourself. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think that, that, that uh, I kind of, what I do is I'm so brutally honest with myself. I didn't feel any shame about being brutally honest with other people. And one of the things that uh, people have seemed to enjoy, and I, I was so thrilled. I, I wrote, I sent the book to a few kind of celebrities and some I knew well and some I didn't really know that well and said, what do you think, you know? And they all gave me fantastic quotes for the book because the thing I think that struck for people was that uh, it's, I name names. Yes. I'm not really afraid to name names. And there's three people I totally eviscerated. It. One's dead so they can't sue me. Um <laughs> And there's two who are very much alive and well and very well known. And I don't do it, I don't think, in a bitter or sort of unpleasant way. It's just that's not acceptable behavior. And, of course, when I'm in my 20s and 30s, I can't really do that because, first of all, I haven't got anything to write about. But secondly, uh, you you know, you go, oh, well, I'll never work again. Right now, I honestly don't care. And I certainly don't care about working with those people again. Um, and And I mostly... I'm very generous, I think, and and I, I uh, there's one chapter where I say, here's ten A-listers I've worked with, and I list the ten, and they're all very well-known people. Nine I loved, and one was a four asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> you can fill the blank there yourself there. And then I go on to explain why I liked all those nine people, and then I explain very clearly why I didn't like the tenth. 
and um, I completely eviscerate them. But but what I did in that too is I actually rehabilitated some people's reputation because there were a lot of candidates for that four asterisk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> people, people people who would go, oh, well, it has to be that one. No, no, it wasn't. And I actually say, you know, people, they had a terrible reputation, and um, they were great. I, I my experience was wonderful with them. So. I think I actually do rehabilitate something. No, I, it is the most frustrating thing because I love biographies and I love autobiographies. I love celebrities, um, you know, I go through them all. Uh, Cassandra Peterson, uh, Elvira, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I, she she goes through and she's naming names and the whole thing. I'm like, I just want to have a point of context. You know, I'm partially the way through the book right now. But, yes, you're, you don't, there's not an axe to grind um, tone no. to what you're doing. You're simply relaying uh, what happened to you? Of all of the rehabs that you do in the book, which one is are you most proud of? That the public perception of this person you might have swayed the other way. Well, I'm going to give this a spoiler alert, isn't it? Because you're now going to eliminate one of the ten. Um, <laughs> I would say Faye Dunaway. People Faye Dunaway. think would, would be incredibly difficult. Right. And there's a supermodel in that list that everyone says is a nightmare, and I had a great time with. But Faye Dunaway, people uh, have always said, you know, oh, God, she's absolutely bonkers. Well, she is bonkers, which is great. <laughs> uh, but she's bonkers in an absolutely lovely way. Uh, and I had a very, very pleasant experience with her. She's so um, great that you would want her to be at least, you know, likable in some level because there's that monster talent. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah, and one of the lists is Tom Hanks, which, <laughs> which you know, again... Take your guesses. Are you, is, that a curve, is that a curveball? Is that a one? <laughs> right. We're, go, we're going to assume that that's, that's a positive. You, you talked about being caught with your pants down. I was surprised to learn that um, flatulence um, is, a, is a part of your uh, uh, issue, uh, at least early on in your career. Uh, and the, the stories are hilarious. Uh, has this persisted throughout your life, or has Bino uh, allowed you to get a handle on this? Uh, uh, well, as you get older, there's no chance. Um, <laughs> I have to say that, that uh, I'm one of those people that's always found um, flatulence funny. Um, babies, if you, if you blow a raspberry on a baby's arm, you know, I don't, by the way, recommend going around doing that to strangers' babies, but if you blow a baby on a, 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 a raspberry on a baby's arm, they'll generally laugh. Yes. If you make a fart noise, they'll laugh. And so I think it's part of the human condition that we find farts funny. Some people don't, and um, and I probably avoid them in my life. No. Um, but, but that first story was, I opened the book with it at yeah. drama school. It was the moment I knew that I could act. And I thought, I don't need to do this drama course. I can leave today on day one. Because I had gone out for lunch to eat this massive Chinese meal. And I came back to the, the school. And I was kind of trying to impress, you know, what one always is. And I saw that the, the the next class of the afternoon was movement, and I it was not the movement I was anticipating <laughs> at that point. And so I, we had to dress in these awful things. I had to wear black tights and a black roll neck sweater, and I was so self conscious. And everybody's trying to impress and go, "Come on, you know, I, I'm going to be an actor." And we had this class, and, and we had to do headstands. And uh, this 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 teacher, who's sort of slightly camp American guy, actually said. All right, um, you're going to come up here, and um, these people will hold your feet, and you roll out of the headstand onto the mat. And that's my bad American accent. And so uh, a bunch of people did it and rather well, in my opinion, and I was kind of got into my headstand, and it was okay. I was like, okay, I'm ahead here. And then the, the teacher went, and release. And so I went down on the mat, and I, I did release. I, I released. 
the loudest, <laughs> the hardest fart, the sharpest fart you've ever heard in your life. Oh, my God. Honestly, it sounded like a starting pistol. <laughs> and I lay there absolutely mortified. I, my eyes were closed and I thought, this is it. It's over. I'm going to have to do something else for a living because I can't live this down. And it, I waited, you know, with my eyes closed. You know when a kid falls over, a, ch- a small child, that uh, as a parent you go, oh, how many seconds before the screaming begins? Uh, so I'm lying there thinking, how many seconds before the explosion? of laughter right. and derision and nothing came and nothing came and I opened one eye cautiously <laughs> looked up and the whole class was standing around me lo- looking down at me as if into an open grave <laughs> and uh, they had a, a look of shock on their faces oh. and I didn't I was like what the hell's going on and the teacher said oh my god what was that and I said oh without a beat I said it's my ankle. It's an old soccer injury. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, oh, someone help him up. And these two very, very um, lovely actresses helped me to my feet. And I oh hobbled off, feigning oh, pain, oh. and sat the whole class out. And I, as I was sitting there, I thought, that's it. I can do it. <laughs> I've passed the test. Uh, it is. You, you, and oh. it's, it's true. I mean, listen, we we have had, uh, you know, some some luminaries in here. and, and But we also... Uh, we know that, um, that, as you said, you don't have to teach a baby to laugh at a fart. It's just it's just a natural <laughs> thing. So from you know the scatological to to, to other stuff. But um, so you you go through your career and you end up on stage and you are in a production with George C. Scott, is considered one of the yeah. actor actors. I've always loved George C. Scott. I know he has a, a, a troubled history, but what was your experience like with George C. Scott on stage? Who rumor had it could be very very demanding. Yeah, I was the first major star I'd ever worked with. I think I was 25 at that point, 26, and I found myself in this Broadway show with George C. Scott, and he was directing it. But George was, um, he didn't like to rehearse. And so mm. it would be just basically, let's get through the scene, move on. And Christine Lati was in it, and she was um, from a very different school of, of, of uh, actresses, and she was sort of stop and say, well, what's my objection here in the scene? And George would just go... You come in, you say your line, and you get the hell off stage. <laughs> and that would be it. <laughs> and, and, then, and then we could all go home. And and that's what he did. He would go home you know, early and we'd sort of come back the next day and rehearse for a couple of hours. Uh, and I think that he just wanted to watch his Detroit beloved Detroit Tigers and drink. Up, up, um, and, and, you know, he, and he was, you know, at that stage in his life drinking very, very heavily. Um, I remember going out the last uh, night. We we had a, a matinee was the closing show after the whole run on a Sunday, and we went out Saturday night. He took us all out to Gallagher's Steakhouse in in New York, and I've never seen a human being consume so much alcohol. It was wow. staggering. And uh, I left, you know, with everybody else around two a.m. because it was after the Saturday night show, and I came into the theater the next day and uh, for the matinee, and I'm walking to my dressing room, and I hear a voice go, "Jimmy, Jimmy, come here." <laughs> And I went into his dressing room and he was sitting there in his boxes. And, you know, with George, there was kind of a, a, an unwritten law that I've talked about with a couple of other people who work with him. The less clothes he's wearing, the more drunk he was. Okay. <laughs> so he's sitting there in his boxers and he says, And I realised he, he hadn't gone to bed. He had literally continued drinking the entire night and the next morning. Oh, and we, we had a show, it was like two or three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, and I, uh, he was incoherent. And I went to the stage manager and said, um, where's the understudy? Because he's, he's not going to make this. And Mike, the stage manager, said, 
uh, he's gone home. And so I said, well, then we're not going to do this show. Uh, um, and so Mike said, well, I can't cancel. We've got a theatre full of people. So we, we did the show, and I am here to tell you that George did not miss a word wow. Or, wow. A, or a step. He was performance was as flawless as it had been throughout the entire run, and it was staggering. I've never seen anything like it, and, and it was also immensely terrifying. <laughs> right, I'm sure, I'm sure. And, Jim, your ability in, in all the situations that you've worked in, um, in order to continue on, you have to be able to just roll with whatever is thrown to you. You've, you've done all different things uh, that, that, whether they're live theater or they're filmed, as, as a successful actor, do you just have to be able to morph into any situation at any given time? Well, it's unusual you have to think in your feet, you know. I mean, that became something I learned to do more slickly with the Christopher Guest films, you know, okay. when you... I'm thrown in the deep end there. I was doing a show in London for the BBC, and I had to fly to Vancouver for three days to shoot Best in Show and then fly back to finish off my sitcom uh, that week. So I literally was so jet-lagged. I arrived in Vancouver on a Monday night, had dinner with with Fred and, and, and Eugene uh, Levy and Chris Guest, and then we didn't work for two days because they're running behind. So we had to shoot all our stuff uh, in that one day uh, from pre-dawn to post-dusk in an empty stadium with a few extras behind us. And, and it was literally, we, the script basically said, because they're outlines and some of them are quite detailed, the scenes, and they give you jokes and stuff. But these just basically said, uh, you know, and you've got the boorish, uh, stupid American commentator who knows nothing and the British expert who knows a lot and is tolerating <laughs> this and trying to keep the show together. Yeah. And so we would just roll and for, for 12 straight hours and, and Fred would go off on these incredible <laughs> riffs yeah. and I would just have to react. <laughs> and, and I kind of learned then what being a straight man was, because up to that point, I'd been mostly the clown in a duo. Okay. And I realized you can't compete with that. The man's a genius. It's like being in a car next to a rambunctious monkey who's drunk a <laughs> quart of whiskey and is blindfolded <laughs> and driving you at high speeds. through. You know, I, I thought you were the only one in the entire cast that actually wasn't an actor. I thought that you were... <laughs> A commentator, well, legitimate commentator they have brought in who is just trying to do his job. I mean, that's how slickly you pulled it off. Well, that was the ultimate compliment that Chris Guest gave me. He said, uh, when we did the surveys, you know, with the test runs of the movie, everyone said, how did you get that dog expert to make it? <laughs> yeah. yes. And I, it was the ultimate compliment. And it also meant, you know, <laughs> that not that many people knew who I was, although right. you know, people inside the industry did. but. But at that point, I'd, I'd sort of actually had a year or two where I was mostly writing, so I hadn't been vi that visible. But, yeah, I mean, people have often said, I can't believe that guy's an actor, so you weren't, you weren't the first. Did you do um, your own uh, research on, on dog shows and breeds I, I and all did. of that? Yeah. yeah, Chris gave me this book called The American Kennel Club sort of thing. It's like a Bible. <laughs> and every night in London when I was doing my other show, I'd read it before I went to bed, and, boy, it put me to sleep. It's the most boring <laughs> book about dogs that you could imagine. I learned all these facts and figures so I had all them at my fingertips and then I realized as I was doing it with with Fred I, I'm not competing here because it'll be a disaster uh, and I knew I knew enough about comedy that a straight man if you're clever about it can get almost as many laughs as the, the funny guy agreed because it's reactions and so a lot of that movie I'm reacting and then I, I kind of built in this thing where I'd be mildly amused at first yeah then then confused, right. and then flat-out annoyed. But I, I've got to hide all those emotions. That, that progression is, is brilliant, though, because you do see it. And it's one of the things I love about your performance in that. Oh. There is a slight 
grin as you're saying, okay, I yeah. I will suffer this idiot, but it is it is amusing what he believes about the Sherlock Holmes, you know. Dog. Oh yes, and yes. And, and, and 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 then and the 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 way that degrades systematically through that over yes. the course now we learn of like twelve hours of your just nonstop, you know, filming yeah, this. Yeah. Uh, you you would, and you're a writer as well, obviously a, a, a comedic writer as well, uh, and. The thing that I've heard, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when you write in that outline format, the, the Christopher Guest type of format where you're doing a, a script for a movie, that in many ways that can be more difficult than a fully scripted comedy. It is. It's weird. I mean, that particular film was written by Eugene Levy and Chris Guest. And then I wrote with Chris, I wrote the series Family Tree with him, which was on HBO. And then we did a film called Mascots for Netflix, mm -hmm. which is basically best in show with people in silly animal costumes and <laughs> silly costumes of all kinds. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, I, I've written drama screenplays, comedy screenplays, TV shows, and... Uh, it's probably the process with Chris is twice as long because you you have to plan everything so clearly that people don't get off track. So you 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 plot out the entire movie. I mean, the script is probably a third or maybe a bit more of the length of a regular script because you're not writing out all the dialogue, but it's pretty solid and and it's it it gives the actor a kind of blueprint. I mean, my best analogy is like an anal retentive planning a journey across the country. <laughs> and so you, you literally go, this is where I'm going to fill up with gas. This is where I'm going to eat. This is where I'm going to stay. This is where I'm going to sleep. This is what I'm going to eat. This is the turning I take to go here. And you, you plan it like on Google Maps or whatever. And then you hand the whole plan, the detailed plan to the actors and say, yeah, now you drive the vehicle huh. and off you go. So that, that keeps the dialogue fresh. We do have suggestions of jokes and we tell where the scene goes and, and how they can get there. And so there are some jokes thrown in, but, but a lot of it is in the actor's own, own words. And that gives it that documentary feel. If you're just tuning in, it's uh, Jim Pittock who's joining us. Uh, his book is called Caught With My Pants Down and Other Tales from a Life in Hollywood. He talked about writing uh, uh, screenplays and also joke writing. And I did skim a little bit and saw that you learned a little bit of a lesson about testing out material on social media uh, <laughs> one time by uh, trying to post what you thought would be a joke. And uh, people kind of took it a different way. And it had yeah. to do with the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, correct? Yeah, listen, if you're out there, people uh, driving and whatever, uh, wherever you are, don't post on social media if you've had a couple of glasses of wine. Yes. Um, it's, a, it's a life lesson that you will learn from this book. I, I, I had, had just I mean, literally, I had a couple of glasses of wine for dinner. And, I, and I, I was at that time using social media to try out gags or jokes. I don't know why, but I was doing it. And I wrote just to put, I, I, um, I, uh, I got the gig uh, to write the screenplay from 50, for Fifty Shades of Grey. I only pitched 49, but I think I got it with a job. Not a very good joke in, in any stretch of the imagination. I mean, uh, that would be turned down by any talk show. <laughs> right. And um, it rightfully got some people um, der derision from people, um, but other people were sort of took it at face value, um, which is weird, uh, because I'm the last person in the world. I have never even read the book. And then I, I didn't really look at it till um, quite a while after, because the next day I was writing with Christopher Guest, and then we stopped for lunch, and my phone had literally almost blown up. It was <laughs> so hundreds of texts and emails and calls. 
And uh, uh, an entertainment website had picked this up and announced <laughs> to the world that I was writing the screenplay of Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, and no. then 200 other outlets picked it up. <laughs> and on Twitter, there were people like um, Brett Easton Ellis, who wrote American Psycho. Right. He wrote a really unpleasant, scathing thing, saying, how can this man that's been in epic movie and written... <laughs> And written Tooth Fairy or whatever, you know, written these movies. <laughs> How could he possibly be? And he, because he wanted the job. Yeah. And it got to the point where I, my manager was sort of like, why am I getting all these calls for interviews and this and that? And I had to kind of make a statement in the end saying, uh, look, it was a really bad joke. I apologize. Uh, I'm not writing the screenplay for Fifty Shades of Grey. I've never read the book. I never intend to. But what was bizarre too was that some people just wouldn't believe it, and six months later they were still writing. About it. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! And, and one outlet said it makes perfect sense with his experience. <laughs> my experience, I, I'm, you know, I've been around the block a few times, but I know nothing about sadomasochism. <laughs> I mean, I call me old-fashioned, but I don't. Uh. I wanted to ask you as well, because we talked about Hugh Grant earlier uh, is uh, potentially a name being bandied about for Doctor Who. Mm. Uh, you're, you're a Who fan, yet you've, I don't know, you've never been in the series, correct? You've never had... No, I, I mean, I saw the very first episode of that when I was seven years old. I loved it. Um, I haven't watched it in a few years. I mean, I left England when I was in my early 20s, came to America. So I... I wasn't around. This is my excuse for not being in talk to. I wasn't around to be cast. Right. So, uh, but if anyone out there is listening at the BBC, I've done other things for you. Um, it's time to put me in. I would make a very good doctor. I, I, think. I think you would. Yes, and, you would. And, I, and I know that you. it seems like every Brit has ended up in a Harry Potter film, and you have not. I know. I mean, what? I'm, this <laughs> thing, you know, people ignore you in your own country. Um, <laughs> it's it's a it's a shocking omission. Um, but Doctor Who would be a great one. I'd love to do that. I, I, I think that'd be brilliant. But uh, and Harry Potter is a bit late. I've missed that boat. Well, um, they're looking clearly because yeah. they're talking about Hugh Grant. Perhaps now's the time to uh, you know to contact the powers that be and put your your bid in. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think um, I don't know. They've they've done women, haven't they? Yeah. I yep. think they've done. Ethnic, have they? Yeah, they might. Yes. Have done Perhaps someone with your erotic background. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Doctor Who with wit. God. Oh goodness. Well, listen, yeah. uh, Jim. It's it's wonderful to speak to you, and we just want to uh, remind everyone that, uh, that the book is now available. You can get it on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, JimPinnock.com as well. If you would like to see what Jim's up to, it's a quick, it's a, a very good read, as they say. I'm really enjoying it. And Thank you. Can I just say one last thing, please? Um, it's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> A shameful thing, but um, I, I, all the money from this book that I receive is going to three different charities, including um, one for Ukrainian refugees, so and the other sort of for, for uh, underprivileged children in both Britain and, and the US. So I stand to make nothing from this book. It was written as a labor of love, uh, and I put my heart and soul in it. So if not for me, buy the book. For the causes. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Our pleasure. Caught with my pants down and other tales from a life in Hollywood. It's Jim Pittock. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you we'll so much. We'll talk to you another time. Appreciate it. Wow. Wow. What, what a great what guy. A fun, yeah. yeah. Excellent. So many great stories, too. Just just skimming through the book. There's really good stuff. Now I need to find out who that 10th a-hole is yeah. <laughs> on the list. I, I haven't gotten to, go. to the a-hole yet. I got to get to that. All right. Uh, very good. All right. And we're just beginning as far as the guests go. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back in a moment. Our friend Jeff Foxworthy is going to be joining us. Yeah. 
weekend yeah. as well. And then later on, Lewis Black, who's going to be in town this weekend at the Miriam Theater. Don't forget Tad Tuesday. It's a chance for you an impression to see Tattoo, courtesy of Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. So text the word tattoo to 39333. We'll be back in a moment. Each weekday, it's a field of 64, unlike any other. Matchups are hand-picked bands from team captains Pierre and Pancake, Preston and Steve, Jackson and Sarah, and Jackie and Brent. Four teams, four regions, four decades of rock. And your votes decide who makes it to the Fantastic Four and who wins it all. Get details and vote at WMMR.com or on the WMMR app. M.M. Art Madness. Sponsored by Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram City. Shop Ram Truck Month at South Jersey's Truck Headquarters. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Our next guest is one of the best. Oh, absolutely. Been doing it for a while. In fact, um, his special called The Good Old Days... Streaming on Netflix, from what I understand, is his first solo special in nearly 25 years. He just seems around all the time, so like it seems hard to believe. I know, yeah. and I'm excited to see it. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Foxworthy hey! to the show. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you? We're doing great, man. It is, uh, it's wonderful to have you on. We've had a chance to, uh, to chat a couple times uh over the years, and uh, I'm excited at this solo comedy special. This something that's been brewing for a little while. A thought about doing your own thing again. Well, you know, it's I. I never. I think the longest I've ever been without being on stage doing stand up was two weeks since 1984, uh, and and so I did a bunch of specials on my own. But then I did like three blue collar tours, mm-hmm. and then I did a them idiots thing with Larry the Cable Guy and Bill Ingball, and then Larry and I did one a couple of years ago. And right before the pandemic, somebody said, "You know, you haven't done one by yourself in a while." And and so I, you know, started going to the little clubs on Monday and Tuesday nights and grinding out another one, and it, it kind of figured out what I wanted to talk about. And then the pandemic hit, and I went two years without getting on stage. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it was a, it was kind of an opportunity. My father-in-law spends his life walking around with his pants up to to his nipples. Uh, he did, he got his chest hair caught in his zipper. How did he do that? <laughs> but he's always griping about how much better things were in the good old days. And so during the pandemic, I said to my wife, "I'm doing a deep dive on this." And so. I started looking at everything, phones, beds, doctors, education. Was it actually better in the good old days versus now? And it it became really fun because it was multi-generational material. Like parts of it, the older people in the crowd are laughing. Then, then you hit it back to the younger people. And, it, you know, it's like anything. Some things were better back then and some things are better now. But it ended up being something I was really proud of. And it was it's so fun to get out there and do it again in front of a live audience i just i missed it i just i don't think laughter makes people's struggles go away but i think it's the release valve that keeps the boiler from exploding mm. oh yeah it's it, it, about, no go ahead through the pandemic you know it's with all this stress we didn't have live comedy and we didn't have live music which are kind of our things that that enable us to you know, blow off some steam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see the the signs of it. I think we're going through a period now where people need to re 
introduce themselves to the to the idea of just laughing at things and not taking things so seriously. But you know, we're 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 kind of corralled into that a lot of times by you know, the way we're fed things and the way we're taught to react to things. And it's just, you know, th- that is a comedian's job is to help be that 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 valve that helps, you know, depressurize the thing a little bit. And that's what, what you guys have done. I, w- I wanted to ask you, though, Jeff, you have, um, I think Ron White has said he's retiring at the end of this year. I think Bill Eng- Engville as well. Um, so you're going in the opposite direction. Yeah, I, I just... My fear is I I never want to be the guy that stays at the dance too long, you know. And I it, I used to tell my wife that I'm like, don't let me be the old comedian that's up there and he's mm. not funny anymore. And she said, well, if you keep working and you have to work at it, I mean, you have to work at your craft. She said the audience will tell you when you're not funny anymore if you'll listen. Mm. And um. But but I've kind of been seeing the opposite. It's now doing shows and people are coming back and they're coming backstage after the show going, oh, my God, I didn't know how much I needed that. I can't remember the last time I laughed like that. That's great. And so I think you're right. We do need it. And comedians, that's our job. We're truth tellers. We hold things up and go, you know, why do we do this? Why do we do that? And as a society, we've kind of gotten... We, we've lost the ability to laugh at ourselves. And, and the truth of the matter is none of us have it figured out. You know, we're all idiots, it's you know, making, making 100 <laughs> guesses every day, whether to turn left or right. And so, you know, half of my comedy, I'm either laughing at myself or my kids or my family. And mm-hmm. I, th- I just think that's important. We kind of we need to give up the need to be right and just start talking to each other. Yeah, I couldn't agree uh, more. Uh, Jeff, I wanted to, to go back to the uh, the good old days, the the, the title and, and that whole concept. And when I, I find myself more and more occasionally referring to the good old days from time to time, I'm sure. in my mid fifties, and I like I start to bite my tongue because I'm like, "What are you doing? You're turning into that. Don't do that." Do you have to? Do you have to curb yourself in in not on stage and you're in real life from heading down the good old days path? Well, I, you know, because I wondered, why did we even have that term? But what it is, is as we age, technology changes and society changes and morality even changes. And you find yourself kind of living in a world that doesn't make sense to you. If mm. that, yeah, and, and so I think for most of us, the good old days was kind of our childhood when things we thought we had it figured out. You know, we learned later we didn't. And so I started looking at. Like, do you remember being a kid and you would go, when you went to the doctor, if you behaved, they would let you pick a toy out of the treasure chest. Right. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, it was a cheap toy, but, you know, that was your reward. And, and I'm like, well, why did that have to stop? <laughs> I'm going to the doctor now and having him put on the rubber glove to check my prostate. If I knew on the way out, I could swing by the treasure chest and grab a new spider ring. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Absolutely. You, you know, Jeff, I, I have to tell you one of the things that that uh, there was, I forget what special it was, but it was you and all those, uh, the, the blue-collar guys sitting around uh, just having a chat around a, t- a table about comedy and the state of comedy, and every one of them made it a point to to point at you and say that you were the the impetus, you were the reason you helped get them back up and on top. And the things that they said and the accolades and the praise they gave you, heartfelt. 
as as a performer, that had to be an incredible or has to be an incredible thing to know that that your friends and your your um, contemporaries regard you that way. Very humbling, you know, and, and I say I'm a turtle on a fence post. If you see a turtle on a fence post, he didn't get there by himself. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, I, and I had people, uh, Rodney Dangerfield, Jay Leno, Johnny Carter, people that helped me uh, when I when I needed a break, you know, back in the early days. And so when we started doing the blue collar thing, I just thought back to my friends that I knew were funny. Right. I knew they were funny, but they had just never had the exposure to the big audiences. And, you know, they totally proved themselves. I mean, when we started Blue Collar, nobody knew who Ron White was or Larry the Cable Guy. And But they were good enough that, you know, once they got that audience, they took off and soared. And people will say to me, does that make you jealous? And I'm like, "Are you? I love them. They're my friends. Yeah. Yeah. It thrills me that they've done so well. No, it's it's a great thing. You talk about your early days, and I, you, I so recall, you were working. We were at IBM, I think it was, and 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 that's I, right. Yeah. Well, it sounds more. I carried a tool bag and fixed machine. But yeah, I was working at IBM. <laughs> but still, so you had what? By all appearances, was a, a solid, reliable gig. And and what was that? Was there a point at which you just everything came into clarity, and you said, "I've got to jump now or never." Well. A bunch of I was the guy that was in the break room doing impersonations of the boss. You know, every workplace has that one idiot, and you're always getting caught. And but a bunch of people I work with used to go to the local comedy club, and they kept coming back, going, "You should do this. You're funnier than them." And they entered me in a contest, not an amateur night, a contest for working comics. Mm. And I'm like, "Oh crap!" And I wrote five minutes about my family and I went down there and I won the contest my first night on stage and and it sounds hokey I knew a minute and a half into it I'm like this is what I want to do this is what I was made to do man and I quit my job at IBM my mother's first question was are you on the dope (laughs) are you on the dope (laughs) (laughs) and I'm like no I just I think I can do this I've got a passion for this and five years later, I was on Johnny Carson. The same mother says to me, you wasted all those years at IBM. <laughs> okay, whatever, Mom. You know, um, <laughs> being on the dope to now I wasted those years. That's Mom. That's Mom for you. Jeff, you mentioned, you know, uh, Larry and Ron and some of the others. Uh, there's another contemporary of yours we're going to have later on this morning, and that's Lewis Black, and he's one of my favorites. He's going to join us in about 45 minutes. Are you and Lewis? Uh, I, I know that there's a tight community of uh, comedians, are, do you know him at all? Yeah, I do know Lewis. I love Lewis. I think Lewis is such a brave comic, and you know he's a truth teller. Yeah, he just holds up the. And we kind of live in an age where we've lost the ability to laugh at ourselves. We need that truth, you know, to kind of shake us up. So yeah, he's always been. Please tell him I said hello. I just have such admiration for him. Definitely. And with this, so so now you have uh, uh, the good old days, which is available on uh, Netflix. Obviously, you want this to to take and and do what it does. Or are, are, are you like you said, you only had spent a couple of weeks off stage. Are you back working right now? Are you are you doing the clubs and theaters and things, or are you taking a little break? No, no, I I am back. Wow. It was you know for for the first month i was like oh this is what people do on saturday night they eat in their own house with their <laughs> uh, it was kind of 
they're nice, but then after about six months, my if Friday night, my wife's like, "Don't you have somewhere to go?" <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, so I just I missed it, and and I and you know, and it did give me a chance to to reflect and go, man, how blessed am I that? Yeah, three plus decades in, I still love what I do. Yeah. That that's and when, you, when you do, you're willing to put the work in to do it right, hopefully. And you never want to be self-aggrandizing and, and, and like get too lofty with it. But again, I think what you do and what. Uh, all your contemporaries do is they they provide that outlet. They make people smile. There's been so much garbage going on. Uh, there needs to be a re-embracing of that. So I think now it's mission critical. I think you need to be out there doing what you do. Well, you know, the, the truth of the matter is if you take people that peg to the left politically or peg to the right, if you sat them down and said, hey, what do you want out of life? What's important to you? I bet we would agree on 85% of the stuff. Yeah. And so as comedians... You know, and so what we do, we don't embrace that 85%. We just yell and point at each other for the 15%. And <laughs> right. so as a comic, you're you're trying to find what do we have in common? Even if we don't live in the same, what do we have in common? And and I've always tried to do that. I just trust, hey, if I think something or my wife says something or my family does something, I'm going to trust other people are thinking and doing and saying the same things. And so... That's what I always look for, not those differences. And we got to quit yelling at each other. You know, however we're different, that's cool, because if we were all alike, that would be boring as hell. Yep. So, yeah, so let's embrace what we share and embrace, you know, what makes us different. Wise words. I love it. All right, Jeff, thanks a lot for your time. Jeff Foxworthy, The Good Old Days, is streaming now on Netflix. Thanks so much, Jeff. Have a great day, okay? Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll see you. Jeff Foxworthy. Love it, love it, and uh, I will definitely be checking that out. So we'll talk to uh, Lewis a little later on this morning. I figured they probably knew each other. They have the same era. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Lewis is going to be at uh, Miriam uh, Theater on Saturday, so we'll chat with him in just a little bit. Uh, so we got a few minutes uh, to spend some time, because we're not going to have All Lewis right. on until about 10 o'clock or so. Um, can I do a quick plug over the butt? I have a right. charity mention here real quick. Um, I got this email. It says, uh, hey, good morning, it. President Steve Crew, both me uh, Michelle and my fiance Mike are longtime listeners uh, from the old days, the other station. And I have a favor to ask on Mike's behalf. He needed a heart transplant after having a root canal. Holy hell. That developed a bacterial infection, which oh got in gosh. his bloodstream and took out his heart valve. Well, I didn't even know that was possible. I have heard yes, things in the mouth. Yeah. yeah. But not that in particular. A miracle happened in 2016. He got his new uh, gift of life. Uh, but his kidney shut down temporarily during the operation. Now, almost seven years later, he's on dialysis three times a week, needs a kidney transplant. So uh, there's a GoFundMe account. I sent it to Nick. We've got it up on the site. Uh, and she also wanted to say that we are hosting a, uh, it says bead and beer. I, th- I think it's a beef. And I think beer. it would oh, be yeah, a beef yeah, and yeah, beer, yes. yes. But I was like, that Here's might your be bead. something new. Here's yeah. your beer. Have a bead <laughs> and please have some beer. Uh, it's May 14th at uh, Joseph A. Schumacher, VFW Post 1597, and that's in Croydon. Um, and they're having a DJ, raffle baskets, 50-50 drawing and all that stuff. So I got that info to Nick. On the community page of WMMR.com, great spot to go and uh, and check out any local charity events. And usually, like I've said many times over the years, it's pretty inexpensive and there's food and booze and, yep. and prizes and all kinds of good stuff. It's a, so, it's a lot of good times yep. and you're doing it all for a good cause. Yep. And then Nick 
How about this? Yeah, this is uh, cool and a little humbling, um, but I've been nominated uh, to be Man of the Year for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society right here in Philadelphia. And nice. uh, I've done a, a bunch of work with them over the years. My nephew, Luke, was diagnosed with leukemia a few years back. Uh, I'd, I'd actually been working with them prior to that, and then it sort of hit home uh, with Luke's diagnosis. And my dad has multiple myeloma, which is something you sort of live with your entire life. Uh, so like many people, most people, uh, cancer in one form or another has affected me and my family. And, um, and I love giving back to this organization. LLS is an incredibly great uh, charity endeavor. They they go and help people in their time of need, and they, they find resources that you might not be able to find on your own. Um, Steve, you've dealt with cancer diagnosis, and yep. it, can, it can be overwhelming, right? And you don't know exactly what to do that day, that afternoon, the next day, or whatever. And what LLS does is help people navigate those waters, you know? And so uh, I'm always happy to give back to this organization and uh, it's really cool to be nominated. So how do uh, we, how do we, uh, how do we vote for you? Yeah. So this uh, campaign lasts until June 1st. And so I'll probably hit it a few times in between now and then. Uh, Casey had a great idea about an event. So thanks for that case. I'm going to do that probably mid-May and I'll make uh, some more announcements about that when we get a little bit closer. But uh, you can vote. You can uh, go to PrestonandSteve.com. There's a link right on that page and then uh, hopefully can contribute to my campaign. I'm trying to raise a decent amount of money and uh, whoever raises the most amount of money wins the the man of the year campaign so um that's the way you vote you vote with your your wallet you vote with dollars and so this is going to go on for the next two months uh and all the information uh, information needs up on the website if you win will you scream i did it really oh, yeah. Yeah. okay yeah i mean i'll do all sorts of shameless <laughs> okay. stuff so yeah, sure. yeah so. casey was uh more than willing to um uh, pose on a bike naked you know right. anything like that they, that gets the votes and gets the votes. <laughs> Whatever you want, man. I'm happy to do it. So uh, thank right. you for letting me get that a plug. Very good. Anytime. We'll make sure we hit that a few more times. Hey, uh, I saw this interesting uh, study. Um, it's a study that has come up with traits that would make one of the most boring people in the world. <laughs> Okay. Are you the analyzer now? I'm not anything. I don't. Do you want me to be the analyzer? No, no, no. I'm the stream of consciousness listener. <laughs> oh, you're the stream of consciousness listener now. Uh, see, did you hear my theme song? So, re- repeat the uh, the finding here. A scientific study has come up with the traits that would make one of the most boring people in the world. University of Essex researchers looked at more than 500 people across five experiments. And found the blandest jobs. Uh, so, so there, there are several. So, so here are the few different right, things. Give us, give us some of the so bland jobs. The blandest jobs are seen as data analysis, accounting, cleaning, and banking. They also found the dullest hobbies. So okay. you would have to combine these things to make the dullest right. person in the world. So, so jobs are analysis, accounting, cleaning, and banking. Kathy's going to love this. Okay, the dullest hobbies were. Religion, watching TV, smoking, and bird watching. (laughs) Smoking is a hobby? That makes sense. That's what they have down here is smoking. But bird watching. I mean, you can't get more boring. Oh, my God. Kathy uh, Kathy and I have been direct messaging each other. I mean, we sit next to each other at work every day, but Kathy sends me these DMs because for whatever reason on Instagram now, you get sent these bird alerts. I think because people are tagging me in bird pictures and sending me stuff. So in my feed, it's all these bird pictures. But like the last couple of times I came across, they were beautiful birds. I said it's Nick and I was like, damn it. (laughs) Someone's being seduced. So, all right, but smoking being a hobby. All right, so cigarette smoking is a straight up, that is a habit. That's an addiction. That's what I would Would you consider 
cigar smoking to be more of a hobby. Or what about a meth addiction? Mm. Is that a hobby? That's that's an addiction. (laughs) No, I don't consider smoking cigarettes or cigars a hobby. I don't know why they have it. That's the one I would Watching TV is a hobby? Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, it's not really, can't really call it an activity. It's a pastime, I would but right. I guess a hobby well, can be a pastime. I need to find out what the well, exact they definition. Well, religion as a hobby, yeah. too. So. <laughs> I dabble in religion. But I guess these are things that you do outside of work All right. regularly. Yeah. All They're right. so boring, they don't actually have hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't actually have legitimate hobbies. hobbies. Yeah. All right, so also uh, they found that uh, boring people were also perceived as shunning large settlements to live in small cities and towns and that boring people are generally disliked and avoided due due to preconceptions and that those being perceived as boring likely convey low competence and low interpersonal warmth. This is depressing, man. I know, right? Sad people who are having to labor under the the weight of their... Boringness. Yeah. Can somebody reach out? There take, are take those cigarettes and bird watching binoculars <laughs> away from them. There are boring people, you know. I mean, and, and it's... I, I know, I know some people who, you know, and they're are, can be the sweetest people, but yes, they, agreed. You just want to die. <laughs> <laughs> There's just yeah. nothing entertaining. Right. Lifeless. It's all like a doll's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So if you're uh, an accountant, a data analyst. Uh, you clean or you are a banker. Yes, it doesn't mean that you cannot be a uh, an engaged, kinetic person who's involved in this. If you're a ba- if you're like if you're a high stakes banker, but I guess if you were a bird watching accountant who <laughs> smoked and lived in a small town, you have no redeeming qualities. You, yes, <laughs> uh, you are you are not warm. You are uh, incompetent. <laughs> And you have low interpersonal, yeah, low interpersonal warmth. What so. do you mean if you clean? Like a cleaning service? Yeah, I think so. That's my what cleaning says, service, at, my ladies are great. Yeah. Yeah. They're always listening to music and they chat when you walk in. I don't they know. I don't enjoy think it. boring. Oh, she's here. Um, <laughs> somebody texted and said, I am literally smoking and watching birds at this very moment. Oh, no. I feel so boring. Well, you want, here's a piece of irony. James Bond is named after a bird watcher. He, James Bond, the character. Now, Ian Fleming saw that in a book. I have another story that ties into that, and the title of this story is America's Youth Have a New Favorite Activity, Birding. Okay. Kathy. Well, birding? It's bird watching. Bird watching. Bird watching. Yeah. But they call it birding. Uh, <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah. As in, you you are uh, essentially collecting the birds that you yeah. see. You you make shoot a them. list of them. No, you don't shoot them. <laughs> Did you guys see the movie The Big Year? With yeah. uh, yes, uh, I thought it Jack was Black. cute. Yeah, uh, Jack Black and Steve Martin. And, not at all boring. And Owen Wilson. It was cute. It was not this rip roaring comedy that they kind of positioned it to be. It was actually kind of a sweet. Film. It is a sweet movie. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so apparently that was one of the things that helped bring it to the forefront. That movie wasn't seen by a lot of people. No, it wasn't. It showed the efforts of three competitive birders in an era after to find the most birds in a single year. Later on, in the mid-2010s, uh, birding took off in America's hippest neighborhoods in Brooklyn, Portland, and Austin. So it was right after that movie came out, Steve. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, younger millennials, apparently now, over the last year and a half, younger millennials and members of Gen Z have taken an interest in birding. And there are over 340 million views for the TikTok page, Birding TikTok. 
Mark Parnells, who is the author of the Birding Pros Field Guides, says that he has a few theories as to why. He says it is in line with a rise in outdoor activity like hiking, cycling, and backpacking. The pandemic accelerated this trend as restrictions on gatherings forced individuals outside and into more self-driven hobbies. And the very nature of birds is that they are everywhere, so people started experiencing exciting interactions with bird life at a level that wasn't present in the recent past. So that's what they're saying. So no, you don't have any binoculars or anything, right, Kathy? You don't have a, like a telephoto lens. You're not. You're not really throwing all into this. No, um, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't think there's any argument that's going to change Kathy's no. mind. No. <laughs> uh, but you know, listen. When when I do see one that I don't normally see, I will make sure that I take a look and go, "Oh right. wow, that's pretty cool." I just saw. Uh, I uh, was out playing golf the other day and saw these woodpeckers that were very close by. I thought that was pretty cool. We have a woodpecker in our neighborhood with two houses over on a big tree. The sound is hypnotic. It's, yeah. it's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. I know some people get annoyed by it, but it, I like to it. think that that's their head. Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys try then to identify them? Not you, Kathy? No. <laughs> uh, I, I don't. It's too... Boring. The de- no. Oh. The details are too minute on a lot yeah. of birds, and so... I have in the past looked and, and tried to. Now I know the common ones that you're going to see all the time. We we get the turkey buzzards and the uh, the turkey vultures and obviously robins and cardinals and and. Uh, but but when you get to the smaller birds like the finch sized birds and stuff like that, this I, sort of thing with the finches and the parakeets and the sparrows and the, uh, it's, and the cardinals. It's too hard to tell the difference. <laughs> right. I, saw I, I get red tailed hawks. I saw you see the cardinal. Yeah. I saw him see that. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting next to him. So <laughs> you're a cardinal. Wait a second. I you're a cardinals. bird watcher watcher. Yeah. 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 I, I do try to identify them. Um, I have a book called The Sibley Guide, and uh, I, so it's really nerdy, um, but I sit down and I try and identify, like, if it's a, a juvenile or whatever, whatever species it might be. Um, and uh, we've talked about Hawk Mountain many times, and if you go to Hawk Mountain and hike there, you're going to see, I don't know, 12 different varieties of, of hawks flying by and, and raptors and, and uh, falcons and all that kind of stuff. And I'd like, to me, I know that it's dorky and nerdy, but I, I like trying to figure out which one it is. Yeah, exactly. like what you like and, yeah. and do what you do what you want to do. Uh, there's a, a board game out uh, that was insanely popular. It was like the game of the year. It was a bird-watching board game. Do you guys hear about that one? No. No. Uh, I hate board games. I know you do. Well, do you, wait, do you like birding? Are you a birder? Or I, 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 I'm actually kind My, of, if I see something, I, I, I'll, you know, going to the, uh, the is it the, the Hein uh, Park near, uh, near the airport? Heinz, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing what you'll see there. By the way, I thought that was a I totally thought that was a dad joke setup. Of nope, some not a dad There's joke. There's a board not game a... out there that features yeah. birds. B o r e d. Yeah. No, uh, that would have been good too. No, it's called Wingspan, uh, and Good-ca. it was uh, it was the the game of the year. What do you so, do? I uh, you play the game. You sink into How depression. <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> slowly sink into depression. Okay. I, I didn't know if you knew the gameplay or not. No, I mean, you, it. it's bird collecting and uh, it's engine building. and uh, Players win by lapsing into a coma. Yeah, there you go. I went to the uh, the natural habitat area in uh, Diamond Beach or right by Cape May. Right. And that's pretty cool. There's it some, is. There's some definitely, and, and they've got blinds and things that you can sit in. And, and I saw an osprey when I was out. At the, yeah, I mean, when you see stuff like that, it's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I, I like seeing uh, birds. I just don't, it's identifying them is, is difficult for me. I yeah. love cardinals and I love blue jays. Those are like my two favorite regular oh, Blue jays birds. are a-holes. Yeah. Oh, they really? are. Yeah, they, yeah, they, I just like the way they look. They, they do they, look cool, but yeah, they, 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 they steal uh, bird eggs. feed. Yeah, they, they, they sweep at animals and you. Yeah. They'll attack you. Yeah, they'll, they'll 
kill eggs and other nests, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Oh, I I, and they never rewind videotape. <laughs> <laughs> so we have these in our area, um, and it's funny that you say they steal eggs from other nests. So we found um, an egg a shell that looked like it had been, like, cracked into. Like, it wasn't, mm. like, an egg that somebody threw in their trash and right. somehow ended up outside. But it was, like, a full-size egg. It wasn't the smaller ones that you normally see. Like an actual chicken like egg? Like a hen egg? Yeah, like, yeah, it was, like, like, a... like, a normal egg that would be in your refrigerator. Like, would wow, that be something? Big. Like, are, is there anything around here that, that would... would lay chickens? an egg that size? Yeah. Not that I know. Probably like chickens, I think. <laughs> yes, chickens. Kathy, do you I like do chicken <laughs> watching? <laughs> do you like chickens, Kathy? Uh, as in, like, to eat them? No, or, just, uh, just they... to play with their eggs. Um, no, they're no, they're kind of dumb. Yeah, Kath, right. I don't know if there would be like like what size a hawk egg would be or, yeah. or something like that. I'm trying to think of larger animals, or or maybe one of the um, uh, the turkey vultures. I watched a woman the other day on Instagram. It had to have been real. It might have been TikTok, but she uh, she is a like a maternity nurse. Yeah, and she does this thing called Will It Swaddle. And she swaddled a chicken. I, I crap you not, like this thing just like she laid it on its back and it just sat there and she swaddled it up and I was like, okay, killed it with a hammer. Yeah, no, she did not. But it was will uh, it swaddle? Will it swaddle? And um, God, people do everything. That, that's a channel. <laughs> that's a channel. <laughs> will she suck it? I'm yeah, gonna yeah, start yeah. that one. Ooh, okay. All right, all right. I'm, I don't know what it means. I don't but, either, but yeah. I like the way it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Me too. That's gonna end when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, well, Bill's going to love that one, by the way. So, anyhow, birding is apparently, uh, it's for younger people, has become a new favorite activity, and it's taken off, so. I'm, I'm amazed at that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what am I doing? Hang on a Leslie second. Leslie has an okay. answer for Kathy. All right, I'm going to go to Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Good morning. Hi. Hi, Steve. It's Leslie, your old neighbor. Oh, Hi. hey. Leslie, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Leslie knows Hi. a lot about birds. I do know strangely a lot about birds. So <laughs> Kathy is talking about a cowbird. Uh-huh. They're actually birds that do not build their own nests. So they lay eggs in other birds' nests. And, and is, this, is this common in the in the bird world? I think, that I, as far as I know around here, that's the only bird that does it, but they're kind of jerks, yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, okay. and, and it's a larger size egg? Yeah. Yeah, the, the you'll cow- see them. they look totally different than the other eggs. It's, a cowbird is like a, a, a common, like starling or a smaller blackbird that you'll see. So we're looking at an egg that is uh, that uh, is it called a cowbird egg because of its markings? I, I, sure. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Um, this is that's exactly what it was. Okay, we're looking at a picture right in the studio, Leslie, yeah. and it has hey. kind of like cow markings on it. Leslie, yeah. uh, since you had mentioned other nestling and other nests, do birds will, will they use uh, an already pre-constructed nest like you know that another bird had had you know died or left and and they come across it and use it uh some do some use the same nest every year like bald eagles they will nest in the same nest again i'm not in any way an ornithologist (laughs) i just have been watching birds since i was a little kid um but yeah some do come back and some will come back to the same spot some will use the same nest so yeah is there a bird version of zillow that would uh... uh there you can actually <laughs> that would be cool right yeah yeah, yeah. no uh, right, you, thanks you, leslie yeah she had a bird she had, mm-hmm. she had birds that one bird ate the other bird oh, oh no yeah. oh, <laughs> they it. i went yeah. into when I, the the paint store that i uh, used the wrong paint from yeah uh, the other day i went in and the guy was working there and he had a mm-hmm. giant tv screen and it was just an eagle in a nest it was a live cam 
Wow. Ah, and yeah. the, the eagle was sitting on two eggs, and they're waiting for they're supposed to hatch within the next kind of fascinating. Week or so it was pretty cool. Yeah. You see that eagle that got rescued in uh, the Schuylkill River a couple of weeks ago? Uh-huh. Yeah, it, was, uh, it had a uh, busted wing, and um, it was down by Boathouse Row. I think. Um, oh, yes. Somebody from 6ABC was covering it. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was like. In the middle of the river, and it was crippled. It couldn't get anywhere, and so somebody was able to find it. They got it to the side, and some bird rescue was able to take care of the bird. Well, it's okay. a risky proposition, yeah. but they yeah. did it. Yep. All right, anyhow, uh, it's a boring activity that a lot of people are participating in, <laughs> Kathy and Bruce. Um, <laughs> Along with watching television. We need to take a break because we have the Bizarre File coming up, and then after that, Lewis Black is going to be joining yes. us. So we want to make sure that we have enough time to fit all of that in. So we will take a quick break and come back in just a moment. So make sure you stay with us. We'll be right back. MMR spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's Local Shots. That's right. And this month's artist is Judah Kim. Judah Kim, your local shots artist of the month. Check him out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks, Philly. Uh, before we get to the bizarre file, I do a short out real quick. Uh, this says, hey, reaching out to a request. Uh, for a request, a shout out for a dear friend and co-worker, Angela Long. Angela is an occupational therapist on the Brain Injury Unit at Moss Rehab in Elkins Park. Uh, she is currently on hospital bed rest prior to the birth of her first son, who uh-huh. we've been affectionately calling Peanut. Angela will be in the hospital for at least three weeks and has been passing the time and maintaining maintaining the semblance of sanity by listening to you guys every morning. It's amazing. We love it. And, and uh, he says, uh, I know a wonderfully juicy short out would lift her spirits. Thank you all for making each day that much brighter. Uh, so that is from uh, Justin Sutter. So here you go. And good luck to you, Angela. Hang in there and rest uh, up, please. Hey, I also wanted to mention uh, I was uh, the Philly Home Show is uh, in town this weekend. I love it. Uh, it, it is awesome. So yeah. it's at the Pennsylvania Convention Center in the in the, uh, in Center City. But uh, if you want to save uh, and get discounted tickets, when you go to the website, uh, which is phillyhomeshow.com, use the code word Casey, and you can get a, a discount on your tickets. I failed to mention that earlier. Well, that's and your so, name. Yeah, that is my yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. Spelled C-A-S-E-Y. Mm. Excellent. Mm-mm-mm. All right, bizarre file. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. <laughs> bizarre file. Here we go. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. All right, brought to you this morning by Jersey Mike's. <laughs> Days of Giving. They have this going on. It's your time to shine for the participants of the Special Olympics USA Games. Grab a sub on Wednesday, March 30th, and all sales will be donated to the games. Jersey Mike's be a sub above. So, uh, more animal stories. Oh, wow. A fearless dachshund rushed to defend her owner when a massive moose charged at them. Oh, I saw this footage. It's amazing. Tyler Henderson Henderson and his dog, Reese had a lucky escape when the huge animal ran at them just outside of their home in Fairbanks, Alaska. A home security camera captured the moose charging at Mr. Henderson, who was obviously or who was oblivious to the imminent Why danger. Why don't you forget the moose? As for a moment. He headed outside to check his mailbox. However, Reese spotted the moose. 
which had been resting on a bank of snow across the street and immediately leapt into action. She charged to meet the gigantic creature and jumped up to try to bite mm-hmm. it, although the size difference was so much that she couldn't reach and flew directly through its legs. She engaged, though. Meanwhile, Mr. Henderson darted away to escape and called... The thing I've ever seen. And called Farisi to come with him. toxin? Uh, he said that uh, she wasn't even touched despite running directly into the path of this humongous creature. Uh, moose, by the way, are towering animals. They can reach up to seven feet in height at the shoulder, uh, weighing up to 1,300 pounds. While they do tend to stick to rural areas, sometimes they're driven into contact with humans. And in the wild, they're able to defend themselves against packs of wolves and grizzly bears. Oh, yeah. Wow. But they had, this was a dachshund. That was defending. And listen, I have a little dog that's like this. Yes. Uh-huh. That would just... Jumps go, into action. No matter what, she she does not realize how tiny she is. It's amazing how they um, how they know, how they will jump to protect yeah. their, their, their alpha, you yeah. know? And it's like a wolverine. They'll yeah. take on a bear if they need to. A child had to be airlifted to the hospital after being attacked by a kangaroo on a property in, New, in uh, northwest New South Wales. Uh, the three-year-old girl suffered serious lacerations to her head, back, and arms. Uh, a kangaroo was seen on the back porch where the child was uh, before and before she was injured. Paramedics treated the girl on the scene. She suffered a number of deep lacerations, including a wound to the side of her head as a result of this attack. Yeah, they got they have nails. They man. do. They do. Um, so they stabilized the toddler before calling for a rescue helicopter. The girl and her mother were airlifted to the hospital in a stable condition. Uh, the attack comes after a Victorian teen was seriously injured when a kangaroo jumped onto her motorcycle. Uh, Jemima Song and her sister Isabel were riding on a farm when the animal sprung from the trees and onto her front wheel, throwing Miss Song off of her bike. She spent 10 days in the hospital with ruptured organs and a fractured spine. Hell with that. Doctors expect uh, that she will make a full recovery by the end of April. But yeah, once again, it was a... Uh, it was a kangaroo. Yeah. All right. As in North Carolina, of course, a local shelter dog is looking for a soft landing after being dumped by his owners for being gay. Oh. It was a dog. Okay. Yeah. What the dog was doing was trying to show superiority against another male dog, right? That's, that's fairly common. A Stanley County Animal Shelter Facebook post says the dog's owner surrendered him to the shelter after he humped another male dog. Listen, this is ridiculous. I <laughs> likes the ladies, but I had to show this bastard what was up. You know what I'm saying? And and some dogs will just hump anything. A- yeah. Absolutely, they, man. They will go for it. Any part in the storm. You know what I'm saying, bro? Uh, Fezco is the name of the dog. I love that. The shelter says is about uh, four to five years old and weighs about 50 pounds. Uh, they say he likes people and other animals. Uh, the shelter is asking for local rescues to step up and take Fezco into foster before he's adopted. Just the audacity of somebody taking a dog into a shelter and saying, I'm not keeping this because it's gay. This Idiots. dog is gay. <laughs> Two young brothers who went missing in the Amazon rainforest for four weeks have miraculously been found alive. It's astonishing. Uh, Glauco, who is seven, and Gleason Ferreira, who is nine, left their home in the Lago Capanha Nature Reserve in Brazil's Amazonia's state to find small birds on February 18th. Kathy, it was bird watching (laughs) that got them into trouble. Freaking birds. After they failed to come home, the authorities began a wide search of the rainforest in the country's northwest, but they called it off on... What were the names? February 26th. Uh, Glauco and, Glauco! and Gleason. Gleason! 
Uh, incredible. Incredibly, would have been easier if they were Bobby and Bobby Cindy, and right? Yeah. So yeah. uh, incredibly, they were found on Tuesday night, almost four miles away from their home by a tree cutter. Um, Bobby! Cindy! <laughs> Who heard one of the boys screaming at the sound of his chainsaw. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Well, they were all out yeah. there. The man that episode was on, by the way, over the weekend. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the one where they're out in the Grand Canyon. Oh, the Grand Canyon. And, right. and the Indian. Bobby! As stereotypical as you get, Mr. Brady, you have large tribe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> By the way, we have we have the whole audio of of them going back and forth, and there's one where Mr. Brady's voice gets kind of warbled. I don't know yeah, if you remember yeah. that oh, game. No, no, no. I'm sorry, I've been drinking a little. <laughs> Blobby, Wendy, uh, so, so they were found, and uh, the man. <laughs> 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 the man found the two boys lying on the rainforest floor, hungry and painfully thin with uh, skin abrasions. They told the parents that they hadn't eaten anything while lost and had survived only by drinking rainwater. It's amazing. How did they survive? Well, rainwater can get you very sick. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so their dad said, when I saw my children, I was thrilled. The tree cutter found the two boys lying on the rainforest floor, both in severe condition. They were uh, they were treated for severe malnutrition, dehydration, and skin abrasions. Carol, my fear is Alice is going to get mistaken for a donkey. Wait, do we have all of these? Yeah. And go ahead. Let's hear it. Cindy! It goes on for a yeah. while. Bobby! Yeah. Cindy! I think the whole family, they get each one of them saying... Bobby! Yeah, Bobby and Cindy. <laughs> Oh, man. Bobby! <laughs> Hang on, this is it, I think. Cindy! No, maybe not. All right, another time. Oh, Ooh, man. man. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, there's only... Answer. Please. Please answer. There it is, I think. Bobby! Yeah, that was it. That was it. That was the one. <laughs> Hang on. Bobby! Hang on. Bobby! <laughs> Come on, goddammit! All right. Oh, God, I hate you so much. We're <laughs> ruining a one vacation a year. God, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Please be dead. Please be dead. Please be dead. If you don't get here now, we're uh-huh. not going to Hawaii oh. after this. Because I think they went there first. Yes. yes. Oh, they went to, I think the first vacation they ever took was to that amusement park. Remember where... Uh, I don't remember that one. Uh, Greg uh, lost the, um, there were uh, there were plans that had to be delivered. Mike was talking to some developers yeah. uh, at the park, and they lost those on a ride. Oh, no. I don't remember. And, and was that like a, I think was that, that a multi-parter this. like this no, one No, just a one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a one-off. All right. Bobby! Bobby! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So we'll, we'll end the bizarre file right there. How about that? I say we give up. Yeah. Bobby! This is, no, this is now just a recovery mission. <laughs> <laughs> They're dead. <laughs> They've been gone for a half hour. <laughs> I'm calling this one the recovery mission. This has got to... <laughs> we just now noticed they were missing. It's been a half hour. We just got here 40 minutes ago. <laughs> How did you lose it so quick? Daddy's got a drink. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. 
Uh, Nick has pulled up the, I'm watching video of it. Man, were there some ugly clothes in the 1970s, man. Where do you think they filmed this? It's probably not the Grand Canyon, right? I was right? thinking the same thing. But it does not look like the Grand Canyon. And why are they wearing sweatshirts right? in the <laughs> desert? They actually did have footage at the Grand yes. Canyon. So yeah. There, there was some shot at the Grand Canyon. My guess is this was like in one of those valleys near Burbank. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, some uh, back line. Yeah. You know, yeah. But they I did get actual, because they, when they have the Indians actually performing a legitimate, what they call a legitimate rain dance, mm. um, they're, um, they're there. They're clearly at the canyon. It gets cold at night at the Grand Canyon. Uh, it does. Yeah, maybe it they does. were... Maybe they were prepping for that. I don't really know. <laughs> My but, God, Steve, I, I put, there's a photo uh, of one of the young Native Americans. And, uh, well, he has a headband and yeah. a belt with some silver buckles on yeah, there. I yeah. guess that's what makes him a Native American. Right. Right, right Mr. Brady. <laughs> I mean, the guy literally talked like that. You have big tribe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I... My son, I have to say, I understand the ways of the old people, but I do know of rockets. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Stephen, they say cut, and that guy yeah. goes on break. God damn it. <laughs> I don't know how to talk like an Indian. <laughs> I thought you meant, like, <laughs> India. Yeah. <laughs> Put a whole suitcase with the long wardrobe. Ready and action. Uh, Mr. Brady, <laughs> your children have been lost in their world. I understand, but... Maybe give it more than 27 minutes. Cut, cut, cut. And you don't have a cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> they used to have, like, old Italian actors. Yeah, play, oh, yeah. Play, yeah. Uh, Anyone yeah. with dark skin? Oh, yeah. The guy, yeah. the guy who did the... Um, F-Troop. No, the classic uh, Native American oh, yeah. uh, ad with for littering where yeah. he said the crying Indian. He was Italian. So do I cry in the garbage and hits the pavement? <laughs> right. Jeez. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, all right, question, Casey. Yeah. It's a little bit after 10. We're scheduled to have Lewis Black on. He hasn't called in yet. Should we go ahead and take a break? I think we should. All right, why don't we do that? All right, that's V-File, obviously. We're going to come back in a second. Lesson, question, trash, and music news on the way. And maybe we'll see if we get Lewis Black on or not. Yes. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know you could listen to all of WMMR's podcasts as well as our live stream on your Alexa-enabled device? It's easy. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, MMR Madness uh, continues today at noon. The first matchup will be the Killers, who Steve and I I recruited. Yes. Against uh, Jackie Bam Bam and Brent Porsche. Corn is who they chose, so... That'll be an interesting one. Then at 1 o'clock, you have ACDC going up against Journey. Uh, and uh, Journey is us, Steve. We have Journey. We, we, we listen. And we, then, uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Pancake and Pierre have uh, ACDC. We made some strategic calls. We did. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get every single no. one you want. But listen, on a, on a personal note, I love Journey. And if you're a block of Journey, right? One of my all-time favorite bands. Yes, maybe, maybe. Possibly. I doubt it's ACDC they're going up against. <laughs> no, I don't think we have a chance in hell. 
Uh, 2 o'clock, Dave Matthews Band. Uh, that's Jackson and Sarah, and they have the offspring facing off against them with uh, Pierre and Pancake. And at 3 o'clock, rounding out to uh, Pierre's show is David Bowie against Kiss. Mm. So you get to vote. You get to let us know who's going to win that. Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram City brings you uh, the MM Arch Madness. So round number two starts today at noon with Pierre Robert. Uh, this weekend at the Miriam Theater, you will be able to see one of my favorite comedians. I love this guy. He's just the best. We've had the opportunity to talk to him on a few occasions. Always great. Tickets on sale at KimmelCulturalCampus.org, by the way. And we are very happy to welcome this morning Mr. Lewis Black. Yay! To the show. Good morning, Lewis. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I didn't have the button turned on. There we are. Lewis, are you there? Yes. Yes. Oh, thank Good. you. Sorry about, that. Sorry about that. Hey, real quick, Lewis, I, I wanted to let you know uh, earlier on the show, uh, we had Jeff Foxworthy on, and we mentioned that we were going to be talking to you later on, and he said to tell you that he loves you and to tell you hello, so that oh. uh, just wanted to get that out of the way. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. No problem. And, and you know what? He had a chance to give us a little history on how he got started and he was kind of talked into doing it wasn't an open mic night it was actually a contest of some type uh by some guys that he worked with what where when did you get yourself up onto a stage grabbing that microphone deer in headlights that whole thing how did that start for you well that was uh just i wasn't even planning to go into it or did uh, i did it just because it'd be a interesting thing to do was summer i was at uh, the university of north carolina chapel hill i was hanging out there i uh, uh i just finished up a some uh, a year there and um um and friends of mine i was i guess 21 something like that hmm. uh, friends of mine had a band there's a place called cat's cradle which is still in existence down wow. there it was a great room uh for music and my and the band uh it was the Cross Reynolds band. They uh, and and they said, "Why don't you come in and do some uh, do some uh, stuff in between?" And because I I was one of those people that people would say, "Oh, you know, you're really funny." It's that thing that people always say, "I can do that." <laughs> you know, yes, you know, but I didn't say it. <laughs> they said it. Okay. So I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. Uh, you know, it had worked in a living room. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sure it'll work on stage. <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Horrifying. Oh. Yeah, you're so right. I, years ago, I did stand up for a while, and you'd see open mic nights, and you'd, and listen, everyone. Everyone has their impetus for for getting up there, but but when you'd hear someone say, "Well, at the, at the uh, funeral parlor, I, I crack them up," you know, and I'm like. <laughs> Yeah, but are you charging admission and drinks? Uh, you know, it, it, when people somehow, when the wallet has to open up for them to come in and experience what you're doing, it's a whole different complexion. Yeah, plus when, uh, plus there's a big difference. They, uh, because the audience, you realize after a while, is on your side. Yes. But it takes a long time to realize that. Um, but you don't realize that when you get up there. And, uh, and, uh, and so when the audience, as soon as the audience gets just a whiff of blood, they just come at you like sharks. <laughs> I will, if it was horrifying, then what, what dragged you back up another time to, to keep this whole thing going? That's one of the, the, the uh, things I think that uh, gets, uh, the, the, you know, why do people end up doing this? It's because they watch, they like watching themselves die on stage. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You think, you think this didn't work, wait till they hear this one. <laughs> and meanwhile, you're just digging a bigger foxhole. Yeah. Well, do, do you, you're, you're 
digging your you're digging your grave and yeah. throwing dirt on yourself, but going, wait, wait, if I put this straw through the dirt, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> well, you know, you bring up a good point, though. Norm Macdonald, you know, uh, another, you know, we lost him, obviously, but right. he went on about how, I mean, especially like a, you know, this classic performance of a few roasts where, the, the the bombing was the joy for him, the forced, you know, uh, do do you, obviously, you're now, you're a tested commodity. You legitimately deserve to be up on that stage. So <laughs> if what you're doing is eluding an audience, can you find joy in that yourself? Is, is what an audience? If, if, if what you're doing happens to elude the audience for a joke or two, can you find joy in that yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Still. Yeah, it's part. I mean, it, I think Carson was one of the legends of raising that to a, to an art form. And then plus, I mean, I just recently plus you do an, you, when you do a new joke, or you got something you found and you and um, and you send it out. I, like I did this past weekend, first night kill. But I didn't really know what to expect. It came out of nowhere. What I said, it was like you know, an improv. Right, it came out of nowhere. Audience, it kills with them. I'm not going to say because I can't say it on the air. <laughs> second one, second night. So that's in Concord. Um, I do it in Boston, and it and it and it lies just flat. And uh. I went, and I turned to them, and I went, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> Literally, I said, "All I thought the the whole day was." This is going to, this will destroy him, boss. <laughs> and then now all of a sudden, oh, oh no, now we have taste. When did that happen? <laughs> well, l- let me ask you, Louis. The, the, so it's the Off the Rails tour. Um, yes. And, and is there anything past, is there an explanation of Off the Rails or is just a... Uh, Do you think I need to explain it? <laughs> <laughs> That's really, people keep asking me that. I go, what do I, what do you, you didn't notice anything happening? Well, you know, I would, I would posit that you, and we, we've talked about this, uh, you know, uh, about being able to tap off your rage and be able, I mean, you have the best therapy in the world. I, I mean, you, you, I can't imagine... You know, you you you're always presented with an option to unleash uh, and not have it build up to detonation level. So, would you would you call yourself, despite what we know of you, a happy man? Well, I would say that I'm I am an uh, I'm an optimist, or I wouldn't be this angry. Yeah, yes, that's a good point. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they come along every day. I wake up and go, it's going to be great, and they screw it up. <laughs> Louis, uh, our, our boss likes to say that seventy uh, percent of all communication is nonverbal. And when I watch you on stage, uh, you do a lot of gesticulating with your hands. You're, you're very, there's a lot of motion involved, um, and it helps to convey the message. It, to me, it's, it's part of the entertainment in the way that you use your hands, the way that you use your arms. Do you speak similarly when you're not on stage? Yeah, I, I do that, um, but not. It depends if I got to be really pumped up to be, you know, throwing my arms around. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, but it's part of your uh, persona. I, I wanted to. We were just talking about before you came on, Preston. Um, you know, uh, you've done a lot of animated work, but Inside Out. Oh yeah, my daughter and I. Uh, she's uh, 14, and she was like, Dad, you want to watch Inside Out? This is last week. I'm like, I will sit down and I will watch that movie anytime you want to watch it. And we watch it's it. Pretty, for- it's it's thank you because 
I think it is. I, I, when we did it, I, and the first time I saw it, I said, this is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How, and they, know, they and hit... I would have saved a billion dollars in shrink <laughs> <laughs> But But they hit every single mark that they went to. They hit every single one perfectly in that film and the writing. It was so wonderful. Yeah, I know, and I kept thinking... Wow, wouldn't it have been fun to know that there was some, that, that, that there were things called emotions that, that I didn't, you know, yeah. I have to wait until I was thirty-five to realize. Oh, gee, I'm angry. <laughs> but it's true, and and, yeah. and that you know, we always the discussion always goes to what would you tell your younger self, and mm. and so you know, these are lessons often learned late. The, the VO stuff, obviously, you've done SpongeBob and and. Uh, 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 Scooby doing other stuff. Uh, is that is that a singular pleasure for you? Some people don't like it because you're not. A lot of times you're in a booth alone. What what's your take on it? My take is is I don't have to do stuff other than talk. And I I, I like you know it's it's great because I think one of the, the my strongest suit is is an actor if if I have a, if I'm an actor is my voice. Yeah. And so and and especially with Inside Out um, and the others, but Inside Out especially was that. Um, you know, they they already had my uh, what my character would be doing physically. So you can't beat that. Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. top. You know, what am I going to do? How are you going to top 16 artists, you know, with with my, you know, with my schleppy body? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> animators. Yeah. You know, and, and I watch them get precise, you know, more and more precise and more defined. And every time I watch it, I go, wow, I mean, it's just... You know, and and we weren't in the rooms together, and people go, "How did they do that?" Because they, they, they. It was, it was, in a sense, it was better we weren't in the rooms because they knew what they wanted these these uh, these uh, these characters to do. Frankly. Right, right. There's a, there's another, and I haven't seen the show, but it's called Devil May Care. But I'm intrigued by the character you play, Atheist Steve. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty. It's me and up. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. It's a uh, it's a pretty twisted. It's. You don't want your daughter watching. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Well, it says here, it's a, yeah, the devil hires a social media coordinator to rebrand hell as the ultimate place to live. Yeah, really, it's pretty sick. <laughs> that, that's all right. I'll that's put it right. on the not daughter list and watch that sometime. Yeah, yeah don't. Road. You watch that on your own. You, you know, I was, uh, I, I, it's, it's great you're on because uh, there was a list and it was, uh, I forget what site it was on, and one of these movie lists, and, and it was sort of suggesting that these, these films that they had listed had now come into cult status and the movie accepted uh yeah. was on that list and uh, i forgot that movie had uh, jonah hill justin long it had uh, uh blake lively and 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 yeah. you in it um i mean that that they had all to... went and they all went on to have billion dollar careers <laughs> <laughs> it is a fun movie though and and no no sequel every other movie <laughs> Every other, you know, kind of like, oh, here's a dippy movie. Let's do, let's do, you know, you know, yada yada two, yada yada three, yada yada four. This one, terrific. Oh, we can't do it because everybody's doing their own thing. Well, they screw you. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Get a whole bunch of other kids. I'll keep running the college. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, uh, Lewis, I saw you. I, I saw a bit you did years ago, and I, and I couldn't quite tell if you were. Uh, serious or not, but it was about playing golf. And and is golf a part of your routine? Do you like to play? I do, because uh, there's a, a level of self-loathing I can achieve. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, that but seems to be true. You're yeah. one of the people I would love to go out and play around a golf with. I just I can't imagine it not being a great time. It's fun. 
I mean, now I kind of have calmed down and realized that it's, uh, I'm, you know, it's it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, right. It's yeah. not going to happen. As you may, yeah. it's not going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and the, the sad thing is, is that I recently had, you know, the TPC Sawgrass. Yep. The one where they had that island, where they just had on a couple of weeks ago. They sort of put some people on the air who were listening in. They sort of put them to bed. <laughs> and uh, so they got this island green. And uh, and I played there. Yeah. And I had a phenomenal round. Okay. I mean, one of the best rounds I've ever had. Yeah. And I thought, huh, here I, well, we've done it now. <laughs> you know, I got focused in. I've got a real sense of the game. The next, the last five uh Times I've played have been uh, I might as well I might as well have been playing without arms. Has <laughs> <laughs> a club in my mouth. <laughs> Thus is the game. All right, well listen, man, we know you gotta you gotta get out and and do some other things and take up but listen, we we love you to death. Saturday, eight o'clock, the Miriam Theater, that's when the show is. KimmelCulturalCampus.org to get your tickets to see. And, and also time. let the folks know and the folks should know we're doing a live rant is due. Oh, okay. Ah. Excellent. So and after the after I, I do the show itself, I'll come back on, and uh, folks um, can start writing in now. There, if they go to lewisblack.com, that folks in Philly, I will I will go to those um, uh, rants first. You know, whatever's on your mind, it doesn't have to be you know about something serious. It can be about you know pickles or peanut butter. <laughs> <I don't care. laughs> something Just, personal. You know, get something that really is irritating you. Love get it. it off your chest, and I'll read it. I love it. Excellent. All right. Thank Thank you, Lewis. We'll talk to you down the road, okay? Oh, thanks a lot. Guys. All right, take, take care. Lewis Black, yeah. guys. I love him. Yeah. I could listen to him talk all day long. Well, he is just the best. He's a, a legit, you know, we talk about this delineation often. He is a legitimately, intrinsically funny person. Yes. He yes. doesn't have to ramp it up to be funny. Yeah, just you know? him being him yeah. is funny. I love it. All right, so we got to do the lesson question for today, and we have to give away a four-pack of tickets in the, it's going to be in the Bevy Long Drink Party Zone when the Wings play against the Buffalo Bandits on Thursday, March 31st. These are like coveted seats, okay? All right. So the question we are going to go with, Steve's stage name is Steve Morrison. What's his real name? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. It was a quick little throwaway line from earlier this morning. Steve's stage name is Steve Morrison. What is his real name? 215-263-WMMR. If you were listening and you know the answer, well, you need to give us a call. Because we got a prize on this end waiting for you. 215-263-WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. And it is brought to you by... A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted experts since 1939. A.D. Moyer Lumber is your professional source for desks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. You can visit them on the web at admoyer.com. What's going on, Steve? Well, uh, this was a story yesterday. More has come out about it. Speculation that that 1939 Marvel comic book that sold at auction for $2.4 million was purchased by the Disney Corporation. Apparently, the first issue contains earlier, less impressive superheroes like the Human Man and the Multitasker. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Cast and crew on the set of NCIS are getting sick with a mystery illness that has many of them vomiting and sweating uncontrollably. Producers suspect the culprit might be a new restaurant around the corner that sells, quote, irregular chicken. Oh, 
And finally, Shailene Woody and Aaron Rodgers appear to be getting it another go as the two were seen at Dimitri Winery in California getting very affectionate. In fact, the couple actually took a turn crushing grapes by having aggressive intercourse on top wow. of them. Wow. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood track. All righty. We'll see if we can get the answer to the question this morning. Steve's stage name is Steve Morrison. What is his real name? 215-263-WMMR. And we are going to go to John, see if we can get the answer. Hey, John, good morning. Hey, good morning. All right, so what is Steve's real name, John? Steve's real name is Casey Foster. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want you to hang on. We just got you a four-pack of tickets in the Bevy Long Drink Party Zone. When the Philadelphia Wings face off against the Buffalo Bandits as Thursday, March 31st, you can enjoy discounted drinks, lawn games, and giveaways in the party zone while standing turf level and just feet away from the action. Tickets for the party zone are $27 and available only at wingslax.com. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you by Natural Lawn of America. Safer for your lawn, kids, and pets. You can schedule their full-service program and get free seating every year. Call 800-FREE-SEED. Natural Lawn of America. Greener grass, fewer weeds, guaranteed. Only have two things this morning, actually. Uh, Rob Zombie and Mudvayne are co-headlining this summer's Freaks on Parade tour. And they're coming to town. They will be in Camden, New Jersey on uh, July 29th. Mm. And Zombie is touring in support of his 2021 album, The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. We have to imagine that this means that the Monsters movie has wrapped up, right? Well, he's in the middle of that right now. Oh. So by then, probably he will yeah. be done, I would imagine. Because it's this uh, tour doesn't start until July 20th. All right. So he's got some time left. The Freaks on Parade Tour will be Mudvayne's first full tour in 12 years, by the way. And then one last thing. Uh, Flea continues to focus intently on his musicianship, especially his bass playing. The Red Hot Chili Peppers are currently prepping for a massive tour behind their uh, uh, from their upcoming album, Unlimited Love, which is set for release on April 1st. And I believe I saw a headline. I didn't read the story last night. Uh, but they're getting a uh, uh, star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. The Chili Peppers? Yeah. Huh. In a new interview featured in the April issue of Bass Player Magazine, Flea shed light on how he's approaching the instrument these days. He said, I think about playing bass, particularly as it relates to Red Hot Chili Peppers, as like a river. With the bass lines and the way that I want to play them, I want to live my life in a way that allows me to open myself up for this cosmic spiritual river to flow through me. I can unleash it however it needs to go, like when I uh, ne- when it needs to be violent rapids, when it needs to be a calm, still pool. However, I can serve the chords, the melody, the rhythm, and the harmony, and I'm going to uh, be loose and free and let it flow. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> now, as a lifelong musician, uh, Flea's only ambition is to improve his playing. That's that's commendable I love after it. all this I love point, it. right? It's the same thing with me. I mean, listen, I don't play in a band. I just do it for myself. But I am constantly trying to improve. I always want to be the best that I can possibly be. So I I, I practice all the time. And that's his uh, mindset. And and I I love that. He said, I want to be better. He said, the specific goals that I have as a bass player are that I want to become a better soloist. I want to expand my cerebral knowledge of chord progressions and bass lines so I can be a good jazz bass player. So, like, I reached a certain point of... Efficiency as a hairstylist, but yes. I, I need to get back to it. You do. Yeah. I need to get and practice makes perfect, yeah. sir. 
He said, I want to rock harder than ever. I want to stir the souls of human beings when we play, and I want to be a good bandmate. I want to connect with my bandmates and be a great support to them and help them be the best they can be. I love my band, and I'm really proud of the music we've recorded. I feel like it's beautiful. I feel like it's the best we can do. I feel like we're firing on all cylinders and at the top of our game, and I just want to continue to do all of those things. How about that? Um, so you were yes. right about the, the Walk of Fame. Okay, what does it say here? Uh, so it's I find it interesting where they're going, where their star is going to be. Okay, it's going to be next to TV producer Harry Friedman's star, Pat Sajak, and Jack Parr's stars will neighbor the Red Hot Chili Peppers to the west and east, respectively. Ah, huh. I wonder yeah. if they bring back um, all like will Frusciante be there and uh, the guys who aren't in the band anymore? I would think so. Wait, okay. Frusciante is in the band, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. Klinghoffer. Klinghoffer, yeah. That's a good question, um, because there were a number of people that were in the band at one time. Jack Irons yeah. was in the band. Uh, so was... Um, Tony Bennett? No, not Tony <laughs> Bennett. Um, yeah, because they had a few different drummers along the way. All right, so Give it away now. Yeah. Um, I wonder if the cast of Point Break will be there as well. Uh, well, <laughs> Anthony was in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, Patrick Swayze probably won't be there. No. Uh, Dave Navarro, that's right. Right. Um, and yeah, so a bunch of people. That's a good question. And one that I can't answer now. And we're done. And that is all I have. Santa's gotta go. In music news, uh, Santa's gotta go, for sure. Okay. Can you hit the Santa's gotta go? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I'll do that right now. Uh, Santa's gotta go. Thank you. Uh, Santa's gotta go. <laughs> one more time, if you will. Uh, Santa's gotta go. Okay. Doesn't matter the time of year. It's no, always relevant. No, that's yeah. year round. Christmas keeps on giving. I don't know what the hell you expect of me. <laughs> Santa's got to go. <laughs> That's what he said right before that. I don't know what the hell you expected. Santa's, Santa's a little uh, ornery today, isn't he? What do you think? Toys grow on trees? Right. All, right. All right, we're going to break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up. Make sure you stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Well, check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on MMR's mobile app. Well, it's finally time to start firing up the grill. From city to shore, Acme has everything you'll need to prep for this summer season. Download the Acme app to shop for this season's essentials any way you want. Open the Acme app, flip your deals, then order your items online. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your groceries, bag your order, and bring it right to your car or deliver right to your door. Download the app or visit acmemarkets.com for program details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We are coming to the end of our day. And uh, just a reminder that the MMR Madness continues. Day number two. Excited to see the next matchups and yeah. where they go and what you are going to vote for. It's all sponsored by Deech. Uh, Deech. <laughs> God, I, I've been doing this all morning long. I see... A word, and then I look to the next word I'm going to go to, right, and then yeah. I put the two of them together. It happens. Dodge Chrysler, and I get they, I got Deech. Deech out of it. Ask for the Deecher. <laughs> Dodge, and then Jeep is after that. Yeah. Dodge Chrysler Jeep. I, I did all three of them together. <laughs> Deech. <laughs> Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram City. Ask for Deech when you go in there. They'll know who you're. Yeah, talking. yo. Yeah, yo Deech. Yeah, Deech. Yeah, Deech. Deech. <laughs> 
the less words, the better. So you can just right. I, I, it's word economy yeah. is what it is. Yep. To be honest, um, so I would like to thank our guest Jim Piddick uh, from a lot of the Christopher Guest movies. Uh, you, one of his most notable characters is from uh, Best in Show. He played. Uh, the expert, the dog expert, the com- color commentator with uh, Fred Willard. He was awesome. He, he was, was great. He's got yeah. so many great stories. His book is called Caught With My Pants Down and Other Tales from a Life in Hollywood, and it's available now. Jeff Foxworthy hey, was on. Hey, hey, hey. He's got a new comedy special, and it's called The Good Old Days, and it is on Netflix today, and he's always great. And one of my favorites, Louis Black. <laughs> Who's going to be at the Miriam Theater on Saturday night at 8 o'clock and uh, KimmelCulturalCampus.org uh, to get your ticket. So, r- great roster of guests today. It was wonderful. Pierre Bear is here. Hey, man. Good day. They were all great. Uh, I heard all three of them. Oh, did you? Yeah. And uh, mm. I love Lewis Black's voice. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. His, you know, that gravelly, Yeah. Um, you know. It reminds me of Kathy's voice. Uh, oh the last time we had him on, I, kidding, I huh? asked him if it hurt when he yelled like that, when he starts going off on his tangents. Right. And he said, no, it doesn't bother him at all. It's just kind of his thing, you know, and and because uh, he, he will start yelling, right, right, going like that. And it's just, it cracks me up every time. Well, and you're noticing his hand movements, Nick, because I became aware of him on a Jon Stewart show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know anything about him prior to that. Uh, and uh, he did you know. back in black on uh, on the Daily Show. Right, that was the, the segment right. that he was. Yeah, he actually right. started on when Kilborn was hosting. He goes oh, really? all the way back that far. I yeah. didn't know yeah. that. Okay, um, he's just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. The, yeah. whole, the whole roster was a very nice roster today. Nice. <clears throat> Thanks for buying me lunch yesterday. Oh, it was. It was very nice of you. My honor and my pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, you got the elk when we were hunting last time, <laughs> yep. so yeah, I figured yeah. I'd get well, I skinned it, you know, and I, I, I dressed that thing, uh, so I guess you... No one makes elk jerky like you, though. Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody does. Nope. <laughs> All right, shall we get the letter there, uh, Hoss? Preston <laughs> 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 yes. and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston oh. and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter of that... O as in auto. All right. Uh, Wait, like, uh, no, well, no, no, no. O, like the name Otto. <laughs> Otto. Otto von, von Hosier. Who's your? Oh, the letters O. Oh. All right. Yeah. O T T O. I'll tell you a story about that in a second. So, a, 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 a pair of lower level tickets for both Roger Waters concerts Friday, wow. August 8th, and Saturday, August 6th at Wells Fargo Center. Roger Waters, this is not a drill tour. Tickets on sale. Now for both shows via Wells Fargo Center Philly.com. A good friend of mine, Dan, uh, was at the we were senior in high school and they did this like year end video, you know, that, that everybody got to get as a little parting gift. And uh, there was somebody who was filming Dan and Dan was doing like he called it a standing O. It was like a standing O. And they go, What's that stand for, Danny? And he goes, Honesty. <laughs> oh no! But he meant it. Uh, I think he meant it. I think he meant it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the old school, uh, you know. Uh, what's up on the show today, man? Well, we will have one block in between Emma March Madness, which will be ZZ Top, uh, and then we have some fantastic lineups. Um, first at noon. 
Uh, it's the Battle of the K bands. Uh, it's the Killers versus Corn. Uh, so um, we'll see what happens with that. We've got, uh, you guys were referencing this earlier, ACDC, mm-hmm. and I think you guys picked Journey, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we, we kind of know the way that's going to break. No, but Journey again, I say. going to slay ACDC. <laughs> it depends on the songs and how people are in general feeling. Right. And what, it, you know, you never know. You, you never, never know. know. And uh, Dave Matthews Band against the Offspring uh, in the 2 o'clock hour. So we shall see. Yeah. Yep. yep. It's going to be great. So uh, it continues. Uh, by the way, today is a Tuesday, and that means we have to give away some free ink and a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing goes to Jason Phipps. Jason Phipps! Conchi the Phipster. And uh, don't forget, uh, you can check out their artwork at uh, floatingworldtattoos.com or... On Instagram at Floating World Tattoos, and they are located at 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. So stop by and see our friends at Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Thank you to our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Dunkin', the official coffee of the President Steve Show. Also by Acme Markets, you can get your free flu shot or COVID 19 booster at their pharmacy. Acme Fresh Foods, local flavors. Also brought to you by A.D. Moyer Lumber, trusted expert since 1939. Your professional source for decks, windows, doors, kitchens, millwork, and more. Tomorrow, we got another full boat. So, Fox Good Day will do that. Secret text word, yes. Tom Papa. The great Tom Papa. He's in town this week, and we'll talk to Tom Papa. And it's time for a check-in with Mr. Skin. Uh, the Skinatomy Awards. Yes. Or, or is it the... <laughs> yeah, Skinatomy yeah. Awards. Yeah. Or the yeah. Anatomy Awards are coming up with the Academy Awards. So uh, we'll have that and more tomorrow. That is it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Bing, there. Do-do-be-do. Do-da-da-do-dip-a-do-dip-a.